Farmers and Distillers Dining Room and Patio are now open and accepting reservations. They're following all the government guidelines so you can choose to dine out safely or if you want to stay in, they've got you covered. You can order for curbside pickup or delivery online at FarmersAndDistillers.com. They're also still offering a robust one-stop shop founding farmers market and grocery for all your daily grocery needs. Offerings include fresh produce, a prepared foods market, full bakery, butcher and deli, house-churned ice cream, house-roasted coffee, wine, beer and more. Visit FoundingFarmersMarket.com to order. Same-day delivery available. I've tried to be fair to you creatures. <laughs> now my patience has reached its end. Tell me, or I'll... No, not my gumdrop buttons. All right, then. Who's hiding them? Okay, I'll tell you. Do you know... Gary. The Muffin Man? Gary Hoffman. Yes. Shannon. Tell me if you've seen her. She always bring the racket like Venus and Serena. Oh. Shannon Farron. This is about to get weird. Gary and Shannon. Let's begin this new chapter together. And let's start the work right now. Baby, let me get this off my chest. Only gonna give you one more chance. I need you to love me better. Don't act like you feel the tact. Gave you my heart, now give it back. When you're gonna learn to love me better. To love me better. Y'all are in for a treat today. This guy is coming unglued. This guy's losing it a little bit. This guy's got a crazy look in his eye. He's been ranting all day. Are you pointing at me or Jacob? You. Oh. It started last week, and it's only gotten exponentially better. It's tough. It's tough. I'd like to thank all of the celebrities for telling me things and keeping me safe. That's nice. It's nice to hear. Uh, L.A. County Public Health used Adrian Gonzalez as a messenger. Who? Yes. Adrian Gonzalez, former Dodger. They couldn't get a current player? Well, there's that. Uh, (laughs) The other thing is the guy never has to work a day in his life ever again. Fun to watch. Great baseball player. Not bagging on him. Guy doesn't have to work a day in his life. The guy could be quarantined for three years. He'd be fine. He'd be okay. A little annoyed. Fine. He'd be fine. We're getting to the point now where this is getting so onerous. Yes, it really is. All I want to talk about is Michael Jordan and him still being pissed off at Isaiah Thomas from 1989, (laughs) 1991. I I want to talk about Ron Harper still being pissed off that he didn't get to guard Michael Jordan. I want to talk about Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra in bed, naked on the floor with Michael (laughs) coming in and pulling Rodman out by his nose ring to get back to practice. All I want to talk about is the guy who threw his cat on the Zoom video in Vallejo. The Zoom calls are... The guy who who went to uh, 11 different Wendy's for free nuggets. Nuggets! That's all I want to talk about. I don't want to talk about this crap anymore. Uh, I'm over it. Pump your brakes, kid. kid. Are we back to that? Do we need to pump our brakes again? I feel like we're becoming a little bit in love with this whole thing. You know how like the media like grabs onto something and then just like overdoes it? I feel like that's what's happening. As evidenced by the fact that beaches were full of people. Full of people. Now, if you looked at any national news agency, NBC, ABC, whatever, and you looked at their websites over the weekend, 
they would take a ground level shot of a beach, Huntington Beach, Newport, whatever it was, and you would see <gasps> people flock to the beaches. Ah! <laughs> and it would look, you'd see a thousand people in the picture, right? But if you took the shot from above, you'd realize they're spread outside out. of their family group, yeah. everyone's really spread out. There's yeah. plenty of room on the beaches. They're fine. You told us to socially distance. We socially distanced. And then the absolute finger wagging that came down from the state. Governor Newsom's Twitter account this weekend had a fully produced California Department of Public Health poster that said something like, the longer you stay out, the longer we all have to stay in. You effing morons. If you cannot figure this out quickly, we, listen, I understand. You and I both changed our tune after we did the original Pump Your Brakes Tuesday. And we're like, calm down, protect grandma, wash your damn hands. We'll get through this together. And then Tom Hanks gets it, and the NBA shuts down, and the president's like, oh, sh uh, S. Uh, <laughs> and we were like, oh, my gosh, this is a serious thing, and this is a potentially danger. We need to protect Everyone, we need to make sure that I think so. Yes, let's shut it down. We're gonna do it. We're okay. I'm gonna get there's a finite amount of time that we are going to allow people who wear toms to dictate what we do and when we do it. <laughs> and the problem is if the state of California. And the county and the city, county of L.A. and the city of L.A., if they say that they've issued orders through, say, May 15th, an arbitrary date that maybe they chose. I don't know why they chose it, but they chose it. I didn't. If they try to extend oh, it will this be. stuff. Oh, it Past will be. May 15th. They're only giving us like a month at a time so that they don't people don't freak out like you're doing right now. Like the, if they could have told us, I believe in March, that things were going to be shut down through the summer and then people would have lost their minds. They would have no appetite for it. So they're only doing it like a month at a time to keep people calm. I but truly believe that. Listen, you've run long race. What's the longest you've ever done a half marathon? Yes. OK, so let's assume that at the starting line, they're like, today's race is hmm. What does that mean? Four, I don't know how long three it is. Three miles. Just keep yeah. running. Yeah. We'll tell you when it's over. I know. I need an end date. I need an end mile. Absolutely. And we just don't have one. And here's the thing. Why not? Because. What, so, what, I know that they have, they have the six criteria. The state has six criteria. The county has four criteria. We know that. We know what they are looking for. But how do I know when they get there? Or do I wait for somebody in a spray tan and 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 fully you know uh, fully tailored suit to come out and tell me when I'm done? It's a really good point you bring up because these criteria are so vague. I don't think they're gonna know when we get there. The only thing that would be worse, and I swear we're not far away from this. The only thing that would be worse is if one of those points was feelings, like. The county says we want to update, you know, we want so many thousand people tested every day. We want to make sure that our death rate drops for 14 days in a row. We, we need, and we want everyone to feel good. I'm telling you, we are not far away from that.
Well, I feel like we need to vent today. I feel like you need to vent. I feel like I snapped a little bit over something that I didn't need to snap over yesterday. Like, <laughs> like I got really pissed Actually, off. Actually, it was worth snapping over. Do you I think mean, so? I, I kind of feel like it was a, I just didn't. Was a weird... I just really well, did not want to put makeup on. And I listen, I don't know my <laughs> angles. All right. Like I, we we're need not, to shoot a video for work. We're, we're not, not TV TV people. Exactly. Not, it exactly. doesn't come There's naturally for us to go. Right. Should I get the circle light? I don't know how to do or? it. I don't have a ring light. I don't know how to do it. I've been doing these Zoom calls with the family and FaceTime yeah. with and my you friends. Don't care what's in the background? But like, when mom I and look dad like hell, and I don't care. You know, I I don't know how to do my makeup correctly. I don't know what angle I look good in, and I don't care. But yesterday I spent like an hour trying to figure it all out. Uh, and then just said, F it. Ooh. I don't know my angles. Listen, there's a couple of doctors. There's a couple of reasons I want to play for the play this for you. Um, KBAK, Bakersfield, CBS 29, did a report on these uh, two doctors that own some urgent cares uh, throughout Southern California, Central Southern California. Oh, these are the doctors your wife's into? Uh, yes. Doctor, I think it was like Dr. Beefy and Dr. Mc, whatever it was. <laughs> These guys are yoked. And she, she kept watching the video over and over again and would ask questions just randomly. Like, do you think they work out together? Uh, stop it. <laughs> um, anyway, but they, they're talking about, listen, we're ignoring other things. There's, there's a, there's another, there are other issues that are still going on and this may be making things worse. So I'll play for you the re- the report that the TV station did. I also wanted to make fun of the reporter. Also, get your uh, get your gripes ready because we're going to vent in the eleven o'clock hour yeah. altogether. Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Kim Jong-un dead? Kim Jong-un dead? Kim Jong-un dead? Luckily, we have a pipeline to North Korea in Brian's suits. Yes, Brian's Why suits. is my temperature that low? I'm worried now. Well, he was he was holding it far away. Maybe he took a temperature of your hair and not your forehead. Your hair is probably going to be a little cooler than your skin. You don't look You don't look dead. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a doctor, but you don't look dead. Uh, okay, one of the uh, one of the <laughs> look at this guy. <laughs> what, look at this guy. Hey, handle. Uh, stop <laughs> spilling. Okay. God, Nick. Uh, Just such a walking hazard. Coffee. It's a good thing there's nobody in the building today. Uh, so one of the things that I noticed over the weekend was a lot of play that a couple of doctors up in Bakersfield have been getting. I know it's ironic. I know. But these two doctors own urgent cares. Uh, both of them have worked in uh, ER settings before, and they, their urgent care centers, are responsible for the vast majority of testing in Kern County. Some five, six thousand tests, and they said of those tests, only twelve percent of people have come out positive for COVID nineteen. Their argument is that what we're doing with our shutdown, our economic shutdown, is potentially harming people because not only are we taking away the normal exposures that people would have back and forth to, um, you know, to, to coworkers and just normal germs that we get every day, good and bad. Uh, 
we're driving up people's anxiety by telling them to stay at home and the potential for child molestation, suicide, depression, alcoholism, chemical dependence, all of those things greatly increases. So I wanted to play for you a description of what they're doing, but also Tim Johns, a reporter from KBAK CBS 29 Bakersfield. Doctors with accelerated urgent care are going against Governor Newsom's latest announcement. They say we should end social distancing guidelines right away. The doctors claim COVID-19 is no more harmful than the seasonal flu. Tim Johns is live with Something a comparison of how coronavirus small market TV. the flu. Tim? Yeah, Dave, Emily, people have been comparing COVID-19 with the seasonal flu for Standing months outside now. In a so parking we decided lot. to take a look at those numbers, break them down, and see what they had to say for ourselves. What? Dr. Dan Erickson and Dr. Artin Masihi, owners of Accelerated Urgent Care, are calling for the relaxing of social distancing measures and for the reopening of Kern County. The doctors claim that while the shelter-in-place order initially made sense at the beginning of the outbreak, that no longer is the case. They claim that as more data comes in, COVID-19 is proving more or less as deadly as the seasonal flu. Does that necessitate sheltering in place? Does that necessitate shutting down medical systems? Does that necessitate people being out of work? But how do the two actually compare? While flu deaths vary year to year, they generally fall into a set range. We always have between 37 and 60,000 deaths in the United States. According to the Centers for Disease Control, those deaths typically fall during a six-month stretch from late. He said deaths. Six, six months straight. I mean, I don't mean to make fun of other reporters, but. Know, but, but he said deaths. Here's the other thing. F. So you find two doctors who say it's a good idea to end it, and so you do a whole package on it. Well, no, listen, these guys are actually getting a lot of uh, a lot of publicity. Of course and they are, because shared. there's a number of people that totally want everything to go back to normal. That's exactly They're what I said last night. They're grabbing on to anything. I love these guys. Right. I want them to be right. I want them to be 100% correct. And I want people like Gavin Newsom and Mark Galley, the director of public health for the state, just have the conversation with these guys. The, now, listen, even I know that some of their numbers are suspect. They talked about... The numbers of people that they've tested, 6,000, 12% of them come positive for COVID-19. They then extrapolated and said 12% of California has, that's not the way it works. That's that, that Their number, their, their jump was wrong. But I get it. Like, I understand their conversation. They talk about how in a, in a normal setting, a normal um, quarantine situation, who do we quarantine? The sick people, the sick people get quarantined. And in this case, we know who's at the greatest risk of of potential death from this. The only problem with that way of thinking, though, is that there are a number of people in this pandemic who are sick and they don't know it. They have no symptoms. Right. That's the problem. Right. But that that's why those people at the highest risk are the ones that we need to be protecting. Right. I need to be aware who in my family is at high risk. Well, clearly my parents, uh, an older relative who has heart disease, uh, what diabetes, whatever. I need to know that, and I need to make sure that I protect those people. That's how we do it. But here's the thing. We can't lock those people up forever. Yeah, we can. <laughs> no, I mean it I mean it like this. If, if grandma's in— <laughs> no, I, I, we if can't take in a everyone who's 65 and lock them up for the remainder of their lives so that we can go to yes, Trader Joe's. It's called Florida. That's what that is. That's where you send grandmas, yeah. Florida. But but there's there has to be protocols in place. 
we're, we were so late on nursing homes and protecting nursing yeah. homes. I don't understand why we were so late on that. I have to stop because we're running out of time. I know. Don't worry. Mm. We have a four-hour show. Uh, next hour, by the way, we're going to be taking phone calls about what's a no- It's a venting hour. We're all going to vent. Yeah, what's pissing you off? Is it your wife? Is it your husband? Is it your wife and You can go husband? to a, se- a secret room and give us a call and vent. Are you a thruple? Are you a thruple? Ooh, Maybe your wife thruples, and your husband. How are thruples faring through this? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. The president tweeting uh, that he doesn't think that those press conferences are are worth it. Uh, So he's not going to do them anymore. Not worth the time and the effort. Uh, I think that people would still want to hear from Dr. Fauci, though. Did you see uh, Saturday Night Live over the weekend? Yes, that was a nice. That was cute. That was fun. Yeah. They had um, Brad Pitt playing Dr. Fauci because that's what Dr. Fauci wanted. <laughs> Brad Pitt's not very funny. No. But, but, but it, it was, was a nice it was sweet. move. It was a swell move. Uh, the administration's also looking at some new federal plans designed to guide restaurants and schools uh, and other businesses as states try to figure out and gradually lift their coronavirus restrictions. Comes from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Um, has been sent to Washington. Could still change, of course. CDC put together what they call decision trees for seven types of organizations, schools, camps, child care centers, religious facilities, mass transit systems, workplaces, and restaurants. I have a bit of good news. The Blue Angels and the Thunderbirds are going to be doing flyovers starting tomorrow in honor of the I, nation's health care workers. I got a call from them, actually. They were looking for a spare pilot. No, they weren't. Are we doing fantasy pretend fairy tale time now on the show? <laughs> okay. Okay, don't turn on me. You don't want to do that. Not yet. Not till at least day 100. Uh, Some other good news, maybe, uh, is that Kim Jong-un is dead or not. Uh, We don't know. We don't know. Brian Suits knows everything. He is our pipeline to North Korea. And uh, pants or no pants? Thanks for checking in. He is alive. um, And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, but uh, can we be certain that he's alive? I mean, they haven't rolled him out. Yeah. They haven't. Yeah. Yeah, he is. And and also, by the way, the question is lemon or tangerine white claw. You, oh. you don't, you know, be my, by now. There's a lemon <laughs> white claw. This uh, new flavor pack. Number two oh. has uh, lemon and tangerine by the tangerine, tangerine gigantic. Right here, um, but as far as the uh, irrational nuclear state across the Pacific, <clears throat> um, here's the deal: none of the indicators that they would be flashing that they can't deny movement of troops and things like that. Those are not happening. Is he incapacitated? Uh, that very well may be, but uh, dead he's not. The Chinese made a really hi Lucille. Oh, you get you got dirty paws. What do you? And so uh, my coyote came back in. Um, so the deal is. <laughs> Uh, the Chinese dispatched a elite medical team uh, to Wansan, which is his Camp David, uh, on the on the uh, Sea of Japan, on the east coast of uh, of North Korea, 
And these are, by the way, these aren't like Chinese doctors, you know, from the Wuhan bat scrotum medical school. These are <laughs> Chinese doctors from like Stanford um, and, and other places like that. So these are like real doctors, world-class docs who have been dispatched to Wonsan. And you don't dispatch those guys to, you know, put formalin in to, you know, to prep a corpse. Uh, so, so is he capable of leading North Korea? Um, that's the real question. And the guy, you know, there's no specific line of succession, but his younger sister has been from the age of seven, has been with him from private school in Switzerland right up to right now. But she's, she's probably a draining woman. his colostomy does- bag. Oh, wow. Thanks for that. She's, no, 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 no. <clears throat> yeah, th- she is not going to be in charge. Okay. She might be behind the scenes, and she may have been for the last few years. But you ask any actual Korea expert, would uh, Kim Yo-jong, uh, pardon me, would, would, would uh, yeah, I mean, would, would, uh, would Kim Yo-jong be in charge? They'll laugh at you and, and say, no, no, no. A woman who looks like she could be in Blackpink in South Korea, you know, which is a K-pop band. Um, <laughs> um, no, she's not going to be pointing her finger at these 75-year-old grim-faced gaunt skeletons you know the, you know those guys that have medals from their clavicle <laughs> to their to their circumcision they they are not going to take orders in South Korea uh, but men don't take orders from women yes it was a female president for a few years guess what she's doing a life term for corruption in North Korea, they're not going to listen to her. She may be in charge from behind. Her husband's a very influential guy. Um, but um, it, it also was a weird Western fetish, you know, about the Asian dragon lady, where, like, there's there's certain Western experts that actually want to fantasize about her in her Olympic. Remember, she went to the Olympics in Seoul, remember? And she wore an all-black outfit, um, black leather boots, mid-calf, and she looked like a dragon lady. And there's a weird – I'm seeing this bias in a lot of Western uh, so-called analysts who you tend to see on MSNBC or Fox, um, and they have no clue what they're talking about. She may be in charge, but she will not be behind the podium during a parade. And Kim Jong-un isn't dead, and Carol Baskin uh, didn't kill him. Well, so clearly the- Carol Baskin did. Not I disagree yet. with that point. But uh, talk, about a, talk about a murder you could get away with in Korea, <laughs> eaten by a tiger. <laughs> Everybody would just like shrug the their shoulders. Be a Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, but there, yeah, what is it? Huh? There's discussion that, um, or at least headlines, and I'm sure that there, uh, there's not a whole lot to it, but that this would be a, uh, if something happened to Kim Jong-un, he hasn't named a successor, that if he died for whatever reason, there would be a mass exodus of people out of North Korea, uh, now, uh, out of North Korea, and the military would have to be involved, specifically our military. Um, the more likely scenario, not not to male chicken block you on that one, but the more likely scenario is that if he did croak tomorrow, Korea, North Korea in one year would look no different than North Korea today, because that's the entire point of a monarchy, of a holy monarchy. Not just these aren't this isn't the queen of uh, queen of England. Um, you know, this is a holy monarchy. And everybody right below their tier has a vested interest in acting like it's a holy monarchy. Nothing would change. And you know who's going to guarantee that there's not a mass exodus? The Chinese. Their number one foreign policy fear uh, is not that, you know, Trump injects Lysol and launches nukes. It's that North Korea collapses because those 40 million zombies are heading north. They're not going to South Korea. 
They would head north, and the Chinese are not going to have that. And they would occupy the northern part of uh, North Korea because the the big their number one fear is the collapse of North Korea. Their number one foreign policy goal is to prevent reunification because a unified Korea would be a economic rival that China couldn't compete with and a cultural rival as well. But so so no, even if he croaks, and he's amazingly unhealthy, he's astoundingly unhealthy for a thirty six year old. Um, and this is a guy that used to he used to play basketball five hours a day. In, in Switzerland in, in private school and guys said he was <clears throat> he was really good. So he was like Dennis Rodman. I mean he could come back from that Vegas vacation and run the Indian drill and kick everyone's ass. The power he would totally rally. But hey. he didn't he didn't drink at the time. But he wore an authentic Bulls Jordan jersey um mm-hmm. back in ninety eight, ninety seven, ninety eight. More importantly, uh how's my girl Reagan doing through this quarantine? She's trying to teach me um, the character uh, Mercy on Overwatch with the Valkyrie skin. You know, the, that one. I don't like the Valkyrie skin because I don't use the wings. I don't fly. But she's trying to teach me to, to uh, you know, to uh, adopt the female characters. I only like the ones that can blow stuff up. She likes one that can also heal. So it's got a gun that it aims at its its friends and heals them. And I'm like, I think. Oh. Sounds like a fun skin to have. <laughs> what a game is that? Overwatch. Oh, do you play that? No, oh. we don't. We don't. Uh, we don't communicate when she's when she's uh, evacuating. If you know what I'm saying. But uh, <laughs> otherwise, no, she's doing this really well. This corn. I gotta say, can you imagine going through this at the age of eleven? No. I mean, I don't. I was thinking about that. Like, what age group is this the hardest for? Like, for the elderly, their lives aren't changed that much because they're not going out all the time. They're not going clubbing or whatever. Sorry, I lost you. For uh, the the kids, they haven't had that much lifespan, so this could be like just this is something that happens, I guess, in the world. And I think it's probably like our age group, or maybe like Morgan, who misses the club so much that she's twerking on her <laughs> coffee table and shattering it. Uh, I just I'm wondering about that. Anyway. Uh. Uh, Brian, thank you. Brian Suits, host of Dark Secret Place on Saturday nights and then uh, Super Hyper Local Sundays on Sunday evenings here on KFI. When we come back, it's time to start the venting. It's time to, what's, come on, there's, stuff is annoying you. Stuff is right? annoying you. It's annoying you. Yeah. Uh, Stop um, looking at me. No, no, no. <laughs> but it's it's annoying. It's getting to the point where. I get it. It's, we, I, it's fine. Tom's. Why is it that Tom's annoy me? I think it's what Toms represent. Ah, that's what it is. You know, the giving of shoes to the poor that you hate. That's not what I hate. Gary and Shannon will continue in a moment with What's Annoying You. Now I've recovered completely. Life is easy. So that uh, Michael Jordan documentary is so good. Parts three and four aired last night, and it, it just showed how pissed off Michael Jordan still is about the Detroit Pistons and about Isaiah Thomas. Like, he's still so pissed off at him and them for walking off the court without doing the handshake deal. And I kind of loved the fact, though, that they did... I don't know. There's part of me as a fan that uh, that doesn't understand the whole shaking hands and <laughs> exchanging jerseys after the game thing. Well, Like, just because I hate the other team. You right. know what I mean? Like, I don't want to go be friends with them as a fan, but... You know, it it is. I think. Uh, listen, I know that you love all sports. I think baseball does that best. Now, I know in little league, you tell you know you're supposed to go shake hands. Yeah. Everybody, good game, good game, good game. Good yeah. Game. Even beer league softball, good game, good game, good game. They don't do that in the major leagues. Now they will 
you know, see friends or whatever before the game. Yeah. And they'll hang around the batting cage right, together. Right, right. That's when they do it. Right. But after the game, no, no. Right. you celebrate your yeah. win. You suck it up on your yeah. loss. And that's it. You I do it separately. I that in high school after basketball games, having yeah. to do the good game thing. Because, I mean, there were some really contentious games where you wanted, you know. You, you want to sh- hurt somebody. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, what I also love about this, and my my wife pointed it out when we were watching the first episode of that, was I think it um, uh, must have been uh, who was it that was telling? Anyway, one of the one of the players was talking about a game, a specific game that was thirty five years ago, a specific yeah. game, and they're talking about everything from the time left on the clock. Who, you know, which 10 players are on the court, who passed to who and who blocked out who and all that sort of, and they remember it like it was yesterday. I love that. Remember Eric Dickerson was like that too. He'd bring up a game from 1984 and remember every single detail of it. And I don't know if it's just, because I think what amazes me about it is the fact that you've got these athletes who have played thousands of that game. They've played thousands of them. Baseball players too. When pitchers talk about how... They they threw two sliders in a row to so and so, and then came in with high uh, inside with a fastball, and then went low and outside with a curveball, and they know the count, and they know what, how many pitches were fouled off. I mean, it's remarkable. That stuff is amazing to me. Um, but uh, this is an annoyance that people have. Um, I don't need to know everything about your Zoom call. I don't. I don't need to know everything about it. I, I I'm tired of people suggesting that. On my Zoom call today, I found out about my coworkers. Tell me, you just found out about your. I assume Zoom is what, now like, part of your uh, is part of your world. People are Every, using Zoom as some sort of weird quarantine street cred. Yeah. Yes, that's a good way. Yes, that's a good way to put it. I had to Zoom uh, Paris today. I don't care. I just don't care. I I've used Zoom twice. Once was uh, twice. Yes, twice. Once was to say hello to my relatives. And the other, or I guess it was the second time too, was to say uh, happy birthday to my sister. That's yeah. it. That's all. I don't want to hear about your Zoom stuff. I don't want to hear it. No. I'm annoyed by that. What are you annoyed by? A lot of things. Just um, skip, just one. Just one thing would be. Tom's? You're annoyed by Tom's? Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't want to get into it. But one 800 520 I was overly annoyed over something. That I shouldn't have been annoyed with yesterday. One, five, three, four. Well, it was a task. I mean, I don't know if part of it was like you didn't want to have to do work over the weekend. Well, here's the thing. It's like it's Sunday. I look like a homeless. You know, I try to keep it together for you people when I come in here. I've, I've worn makeup every day. I've showered you're most not, days. You're not a hero. I mean, you're not <laughs> a hero. I'm not a hero. But, but, but thank on you Sunday, for that. I want to be a homeless. I want to sit in clothes that don't match and don't look good, and I don't want to do my hair, and I'm not putting on makeup. And yesterday, I had to do all those things, and I had a very strong reaction to it, just because we had to shoot a little video for work. Did you work. grit your teeth while you were doing the video? I was swearing. I mean, yeah. inside, by myself, swearing. And I did the, the same thing? The profanity that was coming out of my mouth was really filthy. And even you were like, who said that? <laughs> yeah. 800-520-1534, 800-520-1-KFI. You're annoyed at something. Maybe it's your wife. Maybe it's the kids. Maybe it's the doctor. What are you annoyed by in this uh, world of quarantine day, day poo-poo?
Is it Day Poopoo? I think so. Nick wrote it was F.U. Monday. Yeah, I don't know if we can say that. <laughs> we just did. Okay. Gary and Shannon will continue right after this. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, we did say that the president is uh, says he's done with those coronavirus updates, although today at 2 o'clock we understand he is going to do uh, at least a briefing on an increase in testing throughout the United States and uh, some plans to reopen. We know the CDC had come out with some potential uh, decision trees for different businesses on when and how they would reopen. So that may be part of it. It looks like New York has canceled its Democratic presidential primary that was scheduled for June 23rd. Also, across the pond, Prime Minister Boris Johnson says Britain is at a very dangerous stage in this outbreak and that easing social and economic restrictions too soon would create that feared second spike of infections. We're, it's okay to vent. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay to vent. There are times, listen, this is a frustrating, um, open-ended, confusing time. It is okay to vent about things. And it's okay to be pissed off at your husband, wife, kids, dog, neighbors, whatever it is. And we want to know what it is that you are annoyed with. <laughs> Carol... You're on with Gary and Shannon. Hi, Carol. Hi. I was out this weekend running with my dog because I've been forced out of my gym. And I've noticed, you know, there's a lot of people out with their animals. But a lot of people either have them on these, like, 10-foot leashes or don't have them on leashes at all. My dog's very protective on a leash. I'm running behind these people. I see they've got this dog. I say, hey, I've got a dog coming. And their dog was so far out when I started coming around over to the side, their dog was just, just came and attacked my dog. And I mean, I got my dog off of, you know, away from the other one and just kept running. But it's like, people, be smart. Have your dogs where you can grab them. Good uh, rant, Carol. Carol. Good rant. What kind of dog do you have? I have an about an 80 pound blonde German Shepherd. Wow. Yeah, he's a big old dog. What yeah. kind of dog yeah, tried have, to take him on? Uh, it looked like maybe a boxer pit bull mix. But I've had, I was uh, walking one day and a lady had a little fluffy dog and I'm coming up and it's not on a leash at all. And she says to me, oh, my dog's okay. I'm like, my dog's not. Get your dog. <laughs> and I, I was like, you know, this big dog will eat your dog. Your dog is lunch at that point. <laughs> Carol, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I've never, I've never subscribed. I love the idea of being able to walk with my dog and they're so trained that I don't need a leash. Right, but you're trusting the other dogs. And yeah. It's I, just, it's a bad idea. That. Jane is calling. Hi, Jane. You're on with Gary and Shannon. Hi. Um, I am 72 years old. I have been a flight attendant for 52 years. I am still flying. The masks are going to put me in the loony bin. I... <laughs> 
I literally, I can't even tell you how I feel. Now they're going to make us wear them on the airplane. I don't think it's healthy to breathe in moist, contaminated air into my lungs. It, to me, the masks are a joke, but the, I have a lot of people against me. I got kicked off a Facebook flight attendant page because of my opinions. Hold on Facebook is where everyone's going to vent, by the way. Like, people are turning on each other on Facebook. Why would with they? With the, the two different camps of I want to open everything back up, up and the, the I want to stay at home forever people. They're going nuts. It's it's crazy. Uh, Jane, what bothers you more, the masks or the degradation of society on airplanes in the past 50 years? <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? Um I've seen it all, and I'll tell you the truth. I don't really let too much get to me on the airplane. I mean, if someone gets in my face, game over. But I will literally bend over backwards for anyone who is at least polite. But every once in a while, um, it can get ugly. I like that. I like that attitude. Jane, thank you. Sorry about the masks. Uh, Adam is calling. Uh, let me push that button and that button and then that button. I can't get it. It seems like a lot of buttons to it push. It does. There. Okay. Oh, finally came up. Hi, Adam. We're on with Gary and Shannon. Hi. I'm sick of the lingo, the words, the sayings, the trendy lingo. That, uh, so much so that I've created a pandemic trendy words bingo. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll say it in our governor's voice, but it's not just he who's using these words. Um, here we go. Optics dashboard vigilant. I welcome your question. The framing of in the ether, lean into, weaponized on every level. <laughs> Translate passion, passionate. The only thing creepier than Gavin Newsom's fake accent is somebody no. <laughs> doing it. Doing it. <laughs> uh, Adam, is is meet the moment on there? Uh, I'm unpacking that, and we'll lean into that in a moment. Uh, I'm going to add that. Uh, it is not yet. So don't forget. Uh, here's another. Show. Here's another one. In this space, or in that space, and the like. You got to add and the like. Yeah. Oh, I, I will use those with an abundance of caution, and I thank you for letting us pause <laughs> for a moment. There's no question that I'm cautiously optimistic. Ask. The tough questions, first responders. Adam. Uh, send a message. <laughs> Adam! Oh, I'm annoyed. Into. Thank you, Thank Adam. You. Appreciate it. Laser, laser focus. Gary and Shannon, <laughs> <laughs> we'll continue taking your calls. Come vent with us. 800-520-1534. 800-520-1KFI, your COVID-19 vent show of record. Shannon, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. There are six rural Northern California counties that say that the coronavirus outbreak in their area is small enough that the governor should let them reopen their economies. We're talking about the uh, the conversation again, how different California is when you look at Northern, Northern California, North of San Francisco. And then the rest, we're talking Sutter, Yuba, Butte, Calusa, Tehama, and Glen counties that all sent the the governor a letter Friday. They've had just 69 confirmed cases. I think if you, if you 
took out L.A. and San Francisco counties, maybe even Santa Clara County mm-hmm. uh, instead of San Francisco, because I think Santa Clara had more deaths. If you ju- if you took those out, the rest of California is doing incredibly well. And even in the San Francisco, L.A., Santa Clara counties, we're doing incredibly well, especially when you compare it to uh, to New York. Uh, what is annoying you is what we're asking. What I mean, this is. People are getting frustrated by a lot of what's been going on, and uh, there's been some annoyance. Oh, can I say this is a touchy subject? I'm going to tell you this annoyance. It's touchy, and people are going to push back on this. I guarantee it. I'm annoyed at the nurses and doctor videos that are going out there, the crazy TikTok videos. I that know. Are, listen, I know. Part of what the part of what the deal is. You, you, I will call you a hero. I will praise your work, your tireless efforts. You don't get to make a TikTok video. If I'm spending 400 bucks at a sandwich shop to provide you guys with lunch because you're overworked and overtaxed by the current health situation we're in, let's cut with the Last Supper reenactment. Well, yeah, and it doesn't do good, and it doesn't give the right message or attitude to people that think that this is all bogus and that everyone should be free again. Right. You know, it's like, oh, if both the doctors and nurses are doing TikTok videos and it's not that bad, let me out. Uh, Steve is calling. Hey, Steve, what's going on? Well, had some fun this morning on my way into the office where I I didn't get a break like most of my coworkers. I I work here all alone every day, but I'm running late. So I figured I'll pull into a popular drive-through fast food establishment and grab a meal on the way in. I spent almost 17 minutes behind one person in line. (laughs) And when they pulled away, I looked at the, the, the order board. They ordered like $227 worth of food. Wow. Uh, you know, the drive throughs for drive through normally, I understand that the restaurant, you know, internally is closed. But if you're going to grab a minivan full of Lilliputians and order food, you should at least have a plan <laughs> written out so you can just order and get through. Lilliputians. Uh, I love that. By um, the time we left, the line was wrapped all the way around the building and out onto the street and down the street, which blocked our way out the driveway. And it was a, a rather comical situation even to get out of there. But come on, people, 227 bucks. Now I real. want a sausage biscuit real bad. <laughs> Steve, mm. thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, John is calling. Hey, John, what's up? Golf in L.A. County, you guys, they're open in Riverside. They're open in Ventura. Come on, Garcetti. We're not children. We can socially distance. So I drive past these courses. They're wide open and empty. Open the golf courses in L.A. County, please. Listen, I, that that's one of those that I don't – there are sports. There are activities that you can do, even the hiking trails. And that's the that, I think, is one of the annoying things. Uh, yeah. John, are you a good golfer or you stay away from other people? What's your handicap? Well, I mean, I'm probably about a 16. But, yeah, I tell you, you know, if you look at golf courses and the guys I play with, you have four different guys hitting the ball in four four different directions as far away from each other as possible. So, I mean, it's 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 a it's a sport that you can basically social. It just the game itself allows you to socially distance. Right. I think that should be like one of the things to come back. Yeah. You know, and uh, the golf courses in LA County are the ones that are, seem to be the most flat. I mean, yeah, we play up in Ventura. And one course, I mean, guys are going to keel over because you can't take a cart. You're walking, and, and it's hilly, and it just makes it really hard. So, come on, Garcetti, open up. <laughs> Thanks. Kenyatta, I, uh, I'm i with you on this one for sure. Uh, there. There it is. Hey, Kenyatta. Uh, uh, 
Hi, I am just, and I understand that these are supposed to be uplifting and we're all in this together, but if I hear one more commercial with these staccato minor key piano chords, I'm about to commit Harry Carey. Give me a break with this. I, I mean, no, really. This, no. this is, you know, I keep hearing in these difficult times and times like these, there has never been a time like this. Right. The, the country's never shut down for two months. I well, Here's what, what Kenyatta, I, I think that part of that attitude is reflected in people like Eric Garcetti specifically, more so than any other politician I think that we've seen take the podium lately, is that it's you know, that everything has to be downtrodden and we all have to be sad and we all have to be morose about everything going on as opposed to they're assigning us anxiety and depression and all of this over it. And I don't think that's going to make anybody feel better about it. Like how about grow a pair? I'll tell tell you one thing Uh, with regards to Mr. Garcetti, we'll be sad with love. Exactly. I don't want to be sad with love. (laughs) Exactly. It's we. With a tear in our eyes, we will help our brothers and sisters and other questionable genders in need. That it's no, it's not. Kenyatta, thank you for that. By questionable way. genders. Oh, uh, so I realized <laughs> that was so twenty seventeen of you. Uh, if you look, uh, okay, this is uh, from the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health. Being such a cisgender, and these are these are cases, positive cases. Read mm-hmm. what read that. That uh, right there. What does it say? Gender. Yes. Oh, wow. Say it. Say it. Okay, so female, 9,083 cases. Male, 9,008 cases. Other, five. And then under investigation, 172. What makes a gender under investigation? I think what they mean is they got a report of a death and there weren't any specifics about the gender. Okay. I'm hoping. Yes. Because that's exactly what it is. Or is there a coroner who's like lifting up, lifting up that sheet and then going, is that (laughs) cauliflower? Stop it. Stop it. Gary and Shannon will continue. 800-520-1534. 800-520-1KFI. That's so gross. What is annoying you? Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. A couple news conferences we're going to keep our ears open for. The governor is expected at noon once again. Uh, We'll pay attention to that. We don't plan on taking it unless uh, something happens between now and then. And then, of course, uh, L.A. County gives their update at 1 o'clock. Actually, some, some great numbers over the last three days at L.A. County, the yeah. no, just the number of deaths, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, 52 Friday, 48 on Saturday, and then down to 18 reported yesterday. So, Well, we are taking your calls, 1-800-5201-KFI. We are venting this hour. What is bothering you? Karen uh, keyed in on one of my annoyances as well. She wrote to us at Gary and Shannon on Facebook saying, I'm sick and tired of seeing these Amber Alert signs telling people to wash their hands and cover their oh. face. Are we effing children here? I got an alert from the city of Malibu, uh, I think it was Saturday, that yeah. said all beaches are closed. Like an alert. Like it came across and made my phone buzz like it was a missing child. Yeah, the signs, though, I mean, we get it. Thanks for that. 
And they always misspell stuff, too. So it's like they're trying to talk to us like we're kindergartners and they can't even get their spacing and their spelling <laughs> together. It's just it makes you it's like a it's a real sign, legit sign that government is screwed up. Right. Uh, Eddie is calling. Hi, Eddie. How you doing? You know, it's funny you mentioned those Amber Alerts. Like 99% of the time, it's a custody battle between the parents. But they make it sound like it's some serial killer grabbed a kid. And, and it's irritating. But uh, my complaint was when I'm on the streets, like on the freeway or on the, anywhere, the people are going by like 80 miles an hour. And I'm wondering, are the people that angry? Yeah. I think they are. Or what's causing it? I'm on a side street going like 35 miles an hour, and they fly by you like 80, 85. I think it's because like, I think it's because usually when things are normal, we go five to seven miles per hour during the morning commute on the uh-huh. freeway. And now that there's not as many people there and we can open it up, we're opening it up. Yeah. Hey, what does this feel yeah. like? Eddie, thanks for the yeah. call. Appreciate it. Do you know how much gas you go through <laughs> when you use that sport mode? Yes. Uh, Tammy is calling. Hi, Tammy. Hi. Um, here I am. I'm on my way into my shift at Trader Joe's today, and I'm really annoyed by watching all the people who used to not like to use plastic bags wear the disposable gloves, and not only wear the disposable gloves, but also rubbing hand sanitizer all over the gloves. <laughs> gloves? Listen. <laughs> Uh, somebody, a, a, a Facebook friend of mine posted something. There's a sign somewhere here in L.A., and I don't know what store it is, but there's a sign somewhere that says absolutely no gloves allowed because people take a pair of gloves, yeah. a pair of rubber gloves, right, your latex gloves, and they'll keep them in the car. So they go to the grocery store and put their gloves on, touch everything and then take the gloves off, but don't throw them away. Right. Just keep them in the car for next time. Right. So now they've cross-contaminated everything. People don't know how to wear gloves. They just don't. They don't Thank know. Thank you. They don't Thank know what you. Doing. Thank you, Tammy. Thanks for uh, being on the front lines as well. Appreciate it. Rosalind. There she is. Hello? Hey, hi. what's going on? Hi, hi. So um, I was in Target checking out. And um, there was a lady in front of me, and she looks at the cashier. She turns to me and says to the cashier, is she standing six feet away from me? And the cashier said, yes, she's standing on the red dot. And I also had a cart in front of me. So she proceeds to check out longer, and she turns again, looks at me, and she says to the cashier, are you sure that she's standing six feet? me oh because God. I don't like people being too close to me. Should I preface this whole conversation to say that I am Asian American? Oh man. Wow. You you should have just You, you can't her you, right and you're you we, it's not socially acceptable right now to spit on someone, right? I mean because <laughs> Well, I I decided that I'm not going to engage You're in the bigger person. person. Right, exactly. Yeah. But that's what I'm griping about. I've never had this issue before. I live in the valley. I, it's just, um, I, I, I can't believe it. Well, I'm sorry that happened to you, Rosalind. That's okay. I'll survive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good. That's good. Kent is calling. Oh, I can't. Oh man. Hey, how you doing? Good. What's up? 
hey, you know, the problem I have is I deliver groceries for Amazon and there's no place to go to the bathroom anymore. Oh, hey, listen. Oh, man. If you've ever worked morning drive as a reporter yeah. before things open up in the morning, it's I a tough road. Struggle, we, we we know that struggle. We've we've walked there, those. There's only there's only grocery stores and Lowe's and Home Depot, and they only let about 10 people in Lowe's and Home Depot. So you got to wait in line. And then the grocery stores, they all put codes on the door now for because of homeless people. So it's really tough. They're going to start a whole other pandemic. I know. People are going to be going in the streets. Um, So you got to plan your fluids, right? Yes. I I, I stopped drinking while I'm delivering. (laughs) Well, I don't think you should be drinking and driving. Right. Kent. Right. Yeah, right. Well, that's, yep. That's, that's the other thing. I, I've been delivering alcohol, and then nobody's home for me to verify their age, and I can't deliver it if I can't scan their driver's license. See, where my uh, delivery people have just been leaving that stuff. They just they, I they, can't. They, I, I have to scan it for yeah. Amazon. Interesting. All right. Well, Ken. A lot of, al- lot of alcohol right now. <laughs> Good luck driving around there. Uh, Ed is calling. Hi, Ed. You're on with Gary and Shannon. Hey, how's it going? Good. So, um, I live out here in Ventura, and one of the things that's going on is all, like, the Walmarts, the Targets, all the stores that sell, like, baby clothes, I can't buy them. So, I had to go out to Westlake Village yesterday to go to a Target to buy my, my toddler little uh, clothes. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. A, it, the, in Ventura County, they're not allowed to sell clothes? Yeah. All the stores are have everything taped off and marked as non-essential items cannot be sold. So I guess you have to order so, them online. Yeah, but everything's backed up a month already. Yeah. yeah. I try to order something from Target, it's going to take three three or four weeks to get it. Wow. I try to order something from Walmart, that's another two or three weeks to get it. I didn't it. realize so I had to go that they from, shut down portions of the store. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just like the food or the grocery sections you can go and get, the alcohol sections you can go and get. <laughs> and. And another thing is, like, my wife and I own two little nail salons, and we're stuck paying the rent on buildings that we're not even making money on anymore. And one was in the middle of of trying to open, so we can't even get the licenses anymore. I would way overpay for a pedicure right now. I mean, my friends and I have been talking about how we wish there was, like, a black market nail salon ring running. Because every like be. it's going to be insanity for your business once uh, you're able to open those back up. Yeah, good luck, Ed. We're sorry about that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, this the that is one example. I mean, nail salons. I know it's a listen. Look at these. I did no, no, these don't on my show own. me. I can't look at those. Look at them. I can't. Why? Because they're just you need them done. No, they don't I'm look. Kidding. They look good. Uh, my. But but haircuts, beauty salons. I mean, it, listen, it's all fluffy, and I get it. It's all non-essential stuff. But it there's such a pent-up demand for that, yeah. for that sense of normalcy right, again. Just right. even even simple things like, I just want to have my friends over and do and do gringo tacos. That's it, it. Sounds so bougie to be like, oh, I just need a pedicure. I just need to get my hair done or whatever. But those are things that make us feel. Like us, yeah. You know, you do feel better when you get up and you shower in the morning and you put makeup on and the whole thing. One eight hundred five two zero one five three four eight hundred five two zero one KFI. What has uh, what has finally grated on your nerves and you can't take it anymore? By the way, no social. Um, I'm sorry, no domestic discord as of no, yet. No, nobody's so rolled on their spouse. Feel free to use this as a as a. Safe space. Safe space. Thank you for that. Yeah, and, we don't and need the to use word your name. Is 
cauliflower. I know I used it in a different sense earlier, but I'm going to take it back. Cauliflower. If you want to call and complain about the cauliflower that is your husband or wife, just say the word cauliflower. Mm -hmm. And we will know what you're saying because you're not going to be able to get away from them. They're in the house constantly. Is it the way they chew? They're there the whole time. (laughs) Gary and Shannon will continue. Is it the way that the wife... Uh, watches the video of Dr. McDreamy and Dr. McBeefy over and over and over and over and over. Listen, you have over. Terry Hatcher. Let her have the doctors. I just want to be cool again, cool again, cool again. Like we were last summer. Want you again, you again, you again. To be still in my covers all tangled in each other. Nice to play back in my head. I just want to be cool again. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeart Radio app. We are venting this hour. Jeremy is calling. Hey, Jeremy, you're on with Gary and Shannon. Hey, I got a two-pointer here for you. Uh, Shannon, with the, the people driving by so fast. I think it's just that people now, instead of taking an hour to get to work, it only takes them 30 minutes to get to work. And then they totally stall, and then they're totally about to be late, and then they have to, like, totally floor it to get there on time. <laughs> this may or may not be an incriminating statement uh, oh. of one of experience here. Ah, okay. um, and then the, uh, the other thing is actually social shaming. When you have the government officials, you know, uh, encouraging it. Uh, we have my wife with our two-year-old child in the back of the bicycle – uh, was screamed at this morning while they were going on a run, calling her an effing idiot oh boy. for not wearing a face mask uh, <laughs> while on a, a big old bike trail. That escalated. Um, and I think it did, yeah. But, it, you know, maybe you guys can help me, but I do, as I understand it, it's a recommendation when you're in public, but required in a business. That is right. correct. That is correct. Uh, yeah, I know I, I know we're all in on this, all in this together uh, narrative. But the longer this goes on, the more people are snapping at each other. Well, uh, Jeremy, thanks for the call. The, the, one of the things that happened in Georgia was, you know, we saw some of the businesses reopen over this weekend, right? And there's more today that are going to reopen. There are plenty of businesses who didn't reopen because they don't think it's safe to do so. Totally they don't want to put their They don't want to put their employees uh, at risk or customers or whatever. That's what's great about America. If you don't want to reopen, you don't have to. Re- if you don't want to go out in public, you don't have to go out in public. If you want to make sure that you do things smart and sensibly, then you can also do that as well. I'd like to give a shout out to Tony and Christy. They are celebrating their 19th anniversary today. Tony and Christy. I'd also give a shout out to Chris Hamilton on Twitter who just said this. I have it very good, so I shouldn't bitch. That said, there's literally no one in the world that I don't hate right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's a common thing. It's okay to it's okay to vent. Michelle is calling. Hi, Michelle. What's going on? So I used to live in California, but now I live in Vegas. And the biggest thing I hear on um, social media right now is everyone saying when this lockdown is over, we're going to all go party in Vegas. No, you guys go get drunk in your own town, go infect each other. We have to deal with our mayor as it is and who's crazy. Yeah. And you guys can all, you know, do crazy things together in your own town. 
Yeah, what is the uh, reaction around there from the mayor and the comments of like, let's just open Vegas up and see what happens and let the casinos have competitive contests over who does it better? Who doesn't die more? <laughs> the fact that she came so ill-prepared to and to a show like Anderson Cooper saying it's not her job to figure out how to do proper protocols blew everyone's mind. We are all livid because... These people, you think it's on the strip, you're going to go on the strip for the weekend. No, those people that work there are my neighbors. They shop in my grocery store, and they go to the same mailbox I do, and they're going to infect everybody else in our neighborhoods in the suburbs. So um, the fact that she was wanting us to be the, uh, the lab samples for, uh, for the sugar pills, <laughs> I mean, like the things that were coming out of her mouth was one crazy thing after another, you know, and putting all of us at risk. Yeah. Michelle, thank you. Good yeah. luck in Vegas, by the way. It's uh, it's going to be a tough time there, that's for certain. Tyler is calling. Hi, Tyler. What's going on? Hi, guys. How are you? Good. Great. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. You know, I, I was listening to this, and I, I just had to call because, you know, 90%, 95% of the people, you know, they do the masks. You know, they, they do the six feet apart. And, you know, out here, you know, people are pretty they're, – they're pretty reasonable. But there's always that one guy, that one dude that, for the most part, looks like he just got off parole or got released from county, and he's right on top of you, right next to you, just, you know, crawling all over. And you're like, dude, really, please, come on, back up. You know, it just, ah, that just, I don't know what it is. Just It, it gets on me, Where, you know? You said, uh, <laughs> you said out here. Where's out here? Oh, Tennessee. Mmm, fried pickles. That's what I want. <laughs> we... We've, I've learned slowly that the deeper the accent, the longer the criminal history. <laughs> God. That's great. Tyler, thank right. you. <laughs> thank you. That's fantastic. Uh, all right. Well, listen, There's other. you can vent to us. We're a safe space for you. We're going to lean into this, into this place. We're going we're gonna to create a space that's available for you. And if you need a friend or if, if you're feeling down. Call Eric Garcetti. Yeah, call, Don't call us. <laughs> But if you want to bitch about something, feel free to uh, to let us know what that is. Yeah, we'll talk trending when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM six forty live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, he's yelling at you. Gavin. Gavin is yelling at you. For what? Going to the beach. I didn't go to the beach. Well, if you did go to the beach, your father is now very upset with you and is telling people you had been asked to not go to the beach and you went to the beach. And he's saying that, hey, people, we're a couple of weeks away from changing our shelter in place rules, not months. But you guys put it at risk. Now, here's something he needs to do. He needs to talk to law enforcement officials and lifeguards who are on those beaches. Because the reports I saw from the lifeguards and the law enforcement were that, yeah, everybody's socially distanced. Like, you know, you got your group of your family, but everybody's 10, 20, 30, 40 feet away from other people. He's yelling at you for doing exactly what they told you to do, which is to go about your life and socially distance. 
What else is going on? Time for What's Happening. Nick, I really like this stack of stories you put together. Uh, Leading off is the man up in Vallejo who was um, uh, in a Zoom meeting like so many of us have have had. He is a video, excuse me, a Vallejo planning commissioner. And uh, apparently he had been having a couple of brews and decided to introduce everyone to his cat and then fling his cat across the room. Now on a story we first brought you yesterday about a public Zoom meeting gone wrong. Reporter Ryan Hill shows so us serious. a Vallejo planning commissioner is now stepping down after tossing his cat. First I'd like to introduce my cat. <laughs> he takes the cat and he just kind of tosses it. It's just insane. It's like it's where we're at right now. You know, people in the Zoom meetings and they're drinking at home. They're starting at 9 a.m. They're putting vodka in their white claws and they're they're introducing people to their cats. People are losing their damn minds. And I know I said that back on Day Hummingbird, right. you know, four weeks ago, five weeks ago. But it's gotten it's gotten exponentially worse in yep. terms of losing our damn minds. After tossing his cat. Uh, and then the governor is going to so tell him serious. you can't do that. <laughs> the, the direct quote from Gavin, from Gavinor, that guy, we cannot see images like the ones we saw Saturday in Newport Beach. Close your eyes then, dummy. Well, here's the thing. He's being very paternalistic and he's saying if we see images like that, more people are going to think it's okay and more people are going to go to the beach and all of that. Um, but if, if the news media is going to show the pictures of the beaches, they've got to do the overhead pictures because yes. those ones looked much more sensible. It looked like people were just maybe with their, their, their family, their unit that they're going to be stuck at home with anyway, right. but they were all very distant. I mean, from what I saw, but then when you see that the image, uh, just, I don't know I'm not a photographer, but you know what I mean? That angle a ground level, ground image. level image. It looks like they're all on top of each other. Uh, the orange County fair has been canceled. It was supposed to run through July 17th, July 17th through August 16th, just to show you the projection of people thinking that this thing's going to be in place through the summer. There was a suggestion, perhaps, that they do a, a virtual fair? No. I don't know It's ridiculous. That uh, the I'm going to miss that wine tent. The only other time uh, that the Orange County Fair was canceled, they said, was between 42 and 47 during uh, the old WW2. Um. But some of those online virtual events could be like the craft competitions, the youth livestock auction. The Lakers are giving money back to the federal government. Lakers received $4.6 million from the federal loan program, but has returned that. This was the Paycheck Protection Program established to provide relief to small businesses during this pandemic. Can I? What a what an absolute a-hole thing to do. The Lakers? Yeah. That is an a-hole thing to do. Because it's not like, oh, uh, we accidentally got money uh, that the government gave to us we didn't need. They had to go to their bank and apply for it. Yes. They were able to secure a small business administration loan during the first round of distributions. How dare you? That's crazy. How dare you? Speaking of basketball. You want to hear more about Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra? Who doesn't? Uh, I don't. Oh, come on. It's a great story. eh. The story 
was uh, do- it, it was retold last night uh, during the Michael Jordan documentary on ESPN about Dennis Rodman. And he went out with Madonna first and Madonna told him he could be his true self and don't listen to what people tell you to be. You be you. And then he went freaking nuts and he became Dennis Rodman and the nose rings and the tattoos and the hair and the whole bit. And then he started dating Carmen Electra. The two met at a nightclub in L.A. She recounts this story about him wanting to uh, I'm not going to get into this one about the the sex and the practice facility just because it's a little graphic. But the story that aired last night was the fact that Dennis Rodman wanted to take a vacation. And he told Phil Jackson and Michael Jordan, I need I need a couple days off. Like, I need to go to Vegas for a few days. And they both knew it wasn't going to be a few days, that right. if they let him go, it was going to be a longer time because it's Dennis Rodman. Um, but he went. He went to Vegas. And then he came back. And he and Carmen Electra are having a bit of a staycation at his apartment in Chicago across from the practice facility. And um, and. And Michael Jordan says, I'm going to go get him. I'm going to go get him and I'm going to drag him by his nose ring back to practice because he needs to get back to practice. And so when he bursts into Dennis Rodman's apartment, they were in bed together. And Carmen Electra says, I couldn't believe Michael Jordan had just bursted through the door. I was so embarrassed. I ran behind a piece of furniture and hid. (laughs) And in the in the documentary, Michael Jordan's like, I'm not going to tell you what was in bed, who was in bed, what I saw. I got him back to practice. And then he just kind of stared off into the distance, remembering that day what was in that bed. (laughs) Uh, The Pentagon, the Pentagon has given quite a cookie to UFO hunters. They have uh, determined that they will declassify videos of unexplained aerial phenomena. They have declassified three previously top secret U.S. Navy videos that showed the UAPs, unexplained aerial phenomenon that they believe some believe sh- could show UFOs. The Pentagon says they did this to clear up any misconceptions by the public on whether or not the footage that has been circulating was real or whether there was more to the videos, because apparently these had been leaked. So they just went ahead and declassified it to prove they have nothing to hide except everything to hide. The noise, seen, the noise, I don't understand what's noise going on is here. really weird. Are they Just piping coronavirus into the uh, office? Because that noise is getting louder. Are they core drilling? What's happening? What's happening, Nick? I don't know. I'm hearing it too. I was just going, what it's, is there? It's this weird. Bizarre. Someone driving like a Zamboni up there? It sounds like a tornado's approaching. What? It does sound like a Zamboni. It sounds like, it sounds like a, I don't know what it sounds like actually. Is there an ice rink in the it building? It feels a little cooler. You know, I've never today. been on the sixth floor. There might be an ice rink up there. Hey, during the break, do you want to go up there and just see what's going on? Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, and then finally, Duck Dynasty. What? Yeah, I didn't know. Is about there still this. Duck Dynasty? Like, is the show? They're not still producing the show, are they? Nick, is that show still on? Yes. No. Um, <laughs> it it ran from 2012 out. to 2017. <laughs> oh. uh, but Willie. Robertson, mm-hmm. uh, really sort of the main, I guess you could say the main character, the the oldest son or the m- most high-profile son, had his house hit by gunfire Friday. guy named Daniel King Jr. booked into a correctional center. Isn't that just like a Tuesday in the world of Duck Dynasty? I never watched it, but I'm just profiling. I would imagine that there's not a lot of house shooting in, in West Monroe, Louisiana, but that there is some shooting going on. Eight? 
uh, of 10 or 8 to 10 bullets were fired at the residence, uh, went through the bedroom window of a home where his son lives with his wife and infant child. That's not funny. I didn't think it was going to be funny. Small business shout out when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. You want to go up to the sixth floor? Just to see? Yeah. Farmers and Distillers Dining Room and Patio are now open and accepting reservations. They're following all the government guidelines so you can choose to dine out safely or if you want to stay in, they've got you covered. You can order for curbside pickup or delivery online at FarmersAndDistillers.com. They're also still offering their robust one-stop shop founding farmers market and grocery for all your daily grocery needs. Offerings include fresh produce, a prepared foods market, full bakery, butcher and deli, house-churned ice cream, house-roasted coffee, wine, beer and more. Visit FoundingFarmersMarket.com to order. Same-day delivery of available. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard. This summer, we'll be traveling at an altitude of approximately two feet in a brand new Nissan. We invite you to enjoy the available panoramic views, premium seats in all rows, and connected tech while avoiding baggage fees, layovers, and neck pillows. So fasten your seatbelts and enjoy nonstop routes to summer because the best way to travel this season is in a new Nissan. And now is the best time to buy at the Nissan 4th of July sales event. Save up to 3500 on the 2020 Nissan Rogue or get 0% APR financing on 13 models. Nissan, innovation that excites. For well-qualified buyers, 3500 on 2020 Rogue consists of 3000 cash back and 500 bonus cash. Available on purchase. Must purchase from new dealer stock. See dealer for financing details. Call 1-888-858-8319 for offer and safety information details. Offers in 7-6-2020. Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on that iHeartRadio app. Gavin Newsom holding his daily press briefing, chastising everyone. He's he's keeping it together. He's not yelling. I, I was a little, I was overstating when I said he was yelling. But he is doing that paternalistic, now you guys, you're not doing it right. So uh, you shouldn't have gone to the beach is what he's saying. Well, we are trying to highlight small businesses around here, help them uh, stay above water during all of this. And today we wanted to talk to Cafe Cola. It is a small business shout out brought to you by Spectrum Business. Switch to Spectrum Business and get the best internet and phone for business. Ramel Garagadagi is the owner of Cafe Cola in Glendora. Ramel, how are you? Hey, what's going on? Great here. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Hey, uh, you guys, a pretty small place. How are you able to to keep things up and running? Yeah, ours is a, um, a kind of cool thing happened. Uh, we're actually a few rents behind before this whole uh, shutdown happened. So we actually got a three-day notice or quit because um, we, we didn't start off with a capital or anything and still trying to build momentum. So once we got that notice um, – the whole, you know, the governor signing and all that, you know, they can't kick the tenant out and all that. Um, so we communicated with our landlord people and uh, uh, the agent, uh, and uh, she said, yeah, it's cool to, to operate as long as you follow the guidelines because uh, they can't act on anything right now. So um, we're actually operating uh, uh, maybe two, three times a week here and there. Uh, we don't have a set schedule, and uh, we're hoping to get uh, – a grant, a loan here and there, which we haven't gotten any yet, uh, to 
paid back some of the rent uh, and be able to actually stick around. So for us, it actually, we benefited from this um, uh, versus like some, some of the shops that kind of like got hurt. Um, so for us, it, it was actually a blessing. What's the story behind Cafe Cola? How did you get started? Was it always a, a dream of yours? No, uh, it just kind of happened. Uh, uh, me and my cousin uh, uh, started it back in uh, late 2011. Um, we had taken care of this uh, gentleman's uh, friend next uh, next door who was going to be kind of like homeless, I guess, you know. And then uh, I was like, cool, you can stay in our apartment and all that, you know. And uh, he just stayed there. And, um, you know, we were younger and stuff. And uh, yeah, next thing you know, I just kind of tripped out and, you know, temper scared and uh, we asked him to leave and I sent him a few text messages hey you know I'll do this whatever but it was just a heated moment and anyway that was that was all over with and then um long story short he ended up filing like this giant case on me I was like okay this is not funny and at that time I was doing criminal background checks as a job that was my job I was I'd go around and get cases for a company and then I received the case I was like okay this is not good um so we ended up beating that case. It was, it was kind of phony and, and all that. But uh, I was like, no one's going to hire me now. And I quit that job already because I just couldn't go to courts anymore and all that. So we just decided to do open shop. I was like, okay, we'll open a little food shop and um, uh, we'll sell a couple burgers and go home, you know. And then my cousin joined pretty much. And that's just not what happened. Um, so we got introduced to the uh, business world and, uh, it's anything. I mean, the food part we we pretty much had down uh, from day one, uh, as they say, and we just improved on that. But the whole operation side and all that that was uh, <laughs> was a whole was a whole surprise uh, to us, and I'm sure you know others that have uh, jumped into something like that. Um, so tell us what's on the menu. Like, what are some of the so what are some of the highlights on the menu? Yeah, the the menu is very simple. Uh, even from day one, uh, we have uh, just a burger. Uh, a cheesesteak, a chicken sandwich, but uh, all of it is made <clears throat> more fresh. You know, we, we grind, grind the meat in-house, use the proper meat, you know, fresh buns. Uh, uh, right now we use Porto's, uh, which is pretty cool that they work with us. And we're like nobody, and uh, we appreciate them. And then we have one item uh, called zombie fries, uh, named after our dog, zombie. And um, a lot of people come in for that. And um, just the name itself, they're like, what is it? And um, it's basically the whole menu is create your own where you get to customize it with no nickel diming, no like, you know, 50 cents extra for, you know, premium topping or nothing. No, uh, at one point we had 12 cheeses, 12 sauces, 12 uh, 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 toppings, um, some mushrooms, pepperoni, bacon, you know, banana peppers and all that, the different cheeses and, and sauces that you get to put whatever you want on it. And it's for one price. Uh, now I think we have about eight cheeses and uh, I think 12 and 12 and it's just whatever you want on it. And, and that part of it, uh, uh, um, people love because, uh, they're not, you know, it's the principle, that matter of principle. And they're not getting kind of like, um, it, it's offensive. I feel like, you know, you're like, you want this, it's, you know, 50 cents extra. And I, I just feel like I'm not a fan of that. And I, I'm talking to our customers and, you know, they're not a fan of that. So, uh, that's one, uh, one of the pluses we have on our side, I believe. So what's the best way for people to get information on the days that you guys are open and what's going to be on the menu? Uh, yeah, the best way is, is right now we just have Instagram. Uh, um, it's, it's cafe underscore cola, cafe cola. 
and that's where I communicate with our, with our customers. You know, we're going to pop up, you know, at our own shop, you know, this day and this day. I think this week we're going to be Wednesday and Friday. Um, and uh, right now it's just me, uh, my better half, and our, our, and our four-year-old daughter. We just kind of run, run, the, uh, run the shift there. And uh, um, and whenever we open, you know, we, we have enough, I feel like, what the pulse is and kind of sell out, which is pretty cool. We don't have a lot, but our customers come and, and, and get it. And, yeah, Instagram is, is our main. We don't have a phone number for the shop. Uh, we haven't had it for years. Uh, so just uh, Instagram is the main thing for me okay. uh, at the shop. Instagram at cafe underscore cola is the best way to do it. Ramel Garagadagi, thank you for your time, man. Good luck. Appreciate it. Big time. Thank you very much. Mm, you bet. And, and thanks for Sam for hooking it up. Thank you. Absolutely. Cafe Cola in Glendora. Great, uh, great place. Super community-oriented. You go in there a couple times, they're going to know your name. I want a fried egg on that burger. And any, <laughs> any place that puts a four-year-old to work, that's my kind of place. Absolutely. Uh, this a small business shout-out for Cafe Cola in Glendora. Brought to you by Spectrum Business. Switch to Spectrum Business. Get the best internet and phone for business. When we come back, I'll play for you a little bit of uh, the governor's news conference where he's mad at you for going to the beach. Also, we will check in with states that have been reopening slowly. We'll get a live report from ABC News. And I had to burn the house down so I could find the sea. Oh, yeah, yeah, that I walking home to you, to you. Oh, oh, I walking home to you, to you. Gary and Shannon. KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Gavin Newsom saying California must do better. Uh, he did not like the pictures from, uh, from Newport Beach and from uh, Ventura County. Those images are an example of what not to see. People, what not to do. Okay. Uh, this is a disturbing comment from him. I cannot impress upon people more. Uh, the only thing that will set us back is our behavior. The only thing that will set us back is people stopping to practice physical distancing and appropriate social distancing. Okay. In Ventura County, you cannot sit on the beach. You can't be static there unless you're just going to stand on the beach. The, there's got to be a sense of What's the word? There's got to be some common sense. That's the word I'm looking for. Common sense. That you're telling people to stay apart. The only people that they're supposed to be around are the people who are in their immediate family. They share the house with whatever, right? But you've got to have common sense. And he talks about... Unfortunately, there are so many people who don't have common sense. It's almost like the whole healthcare system. You make smart choices. You live a healthy lifestyle. And you're the, the one on the hook for the guy down the hall that, you know, eats uh, 17 cheeseburgers for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and you're paying for his health care. Right. We routinely have to take care of people that don't take care of themselves or don't have the common sense to do so. And so that's why we are being kind of, if you want to frame it this way, punished in all of this is because we have to protect against the people that don't share that sense. And it sucks. That's what annoys me. I know it is. Because it's the same thing that, that you hate about the healthcare system as well. It's just not fair when you're making the right decisions and you have to pay for somebody who's not. That's a good point. Listen, 
we're not ready to ease the restrictions. Governor has said that. He hasn't put a date on it. He was just asked by a reporter, what are those businesses that you think you'll open first? And he said, I'm not going to say that because I don't want to be held to that. Because if I don't open all the nail salons like Shannon wants, then I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> but other states are doing this. Kentucky is reopening, um, is starting to reopen some healthcare services. Tennessee reopening restaurants and retail stores. Ryan Burrow has his finger on the pulse of the reopenings and joins us now. What do you know, Ryan? Well, if you want to get out, we, we could set this up. I mean, if you don't mind traveling, okay, so you can fly to uh, Georgia, you can get your nails done, and then you can go to Tennessee and go to a restaurant, um, and then later in the week you can go into a retailer in Tennessee um, and uh, actually do some in-store shopping, and then, yes, yeah, skip on over to Kentucky, get, have your... Uh, orthodontist or uh, physical therapy appointments. Uh, by the way, what's interesting in, in Kentucky, they, they are opening up some of these medical procedures for um, inpatients, uh, orthodontists and health clinics and physical therapists and chiropractors, uh, but there are no waiting rooms. So you'll have to sit out in your car and they'll let you know when it's time to come in and then um, you'll, you'll have your appointment that way. But yeah, every state is kind of piecing together. We just got an email a couple minutes ago that uh, Tony Evers in uh, Wisconsin is going to start allowing dog grooming here pretty soon. Upholstery businesses will be able to reopen. So Slowly but surely here and there, but I, I think it's it's always a wait and see. You know, you give everyone a couple weeks, see if it works, and then you introduce a few more businesses. That's that's how most of the states seem to be taking it. Um, are they are they willing to wait two weeks to see if there's an uptick in cases, or have you heard anything about uh, states that would, uh, if they've set a guideline for closing things back down? That's the question, right? I mean, the fear is you open this back up, and obviously you don't want to get people sick, but if there's a spike, then you're going to have to go right back into the same scenario with the with the shutdowns and everything like that. So you want to make sure that everything is in good shape. They're hoping that uh, things like masks and lots of sanitizer and, and, you know, lines on the ground who can separate customers from customers will help. Um I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, some of these states obviously are more anxious to get going than others. Where I'm at in Illinois, uh, things are still pretty strict. Uh, but that being said, they think by May 1st, they may open some golf courses, which could be interesting. But, you know, at the same time, we saw a party, a house party in Chicago. You may have seen some of the video over the weekend uh, that was shut down, and the, the mayor is furious about that. And, you know, you, you mentioned uh, about, you know, people sitting on the beach. Um, one of the reasons they shut down the lakefront here in Chicago, uh, even though there are a lot of bicyclists and runners, is they didn't want the teenagers congregating there. They didn't want them stopping. And, and that, that was what the real issue is. And now with opening some of these things up, are you going to be encouraging that kind of behavior? It looks like some of the car manufacturers have opened up their facilities as well. They're going to begin this process this week. They're hoping to. they got to get UAW on board, though. They're still pretty hesitant. I mean, they've lost 27 workers out of thousands, don't get me wrong, but they've lost 27 workers since this pandemic uh, broke out in the United States. So uh, the, the UAW may give them a little pushback, but in some cases, like GM factories and Ford factories, they've already been making PPE. Now it's a matter of opening some of these uh facilities up and, and trying to go through the process of, of making cars now. I don't know how many new car buyer, buyer, buyers there excuse me there are out there right now, but uh, you know they're, they're going to try to get this process back up and going and, and, and try to roll some of these cars off the line. Were you satisfied with the draft? Uh, you know, I slept through it all. <laughs> <laughs> 
had a we had two second rounders and a couple third rounders. I this kid from this kid from Notre Dame who grew up in the area will be fun to watch because we got we got a home homegrown talent. But beyond that, eh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, thank you. Appreciate it. Ryan Burrow there from Chicago with the the latest on some of these states that are reopening. Do you think that before he comes on with us, he's like, they're going to bring up the Bears? These two <laughs> these, these two, two jackasses out in California. That we are what annoys him about the quarantine. We probably are. We're on that list, I assume. All right. Gary and Shannon will continue coming up. It looks like more people are beginning to fly again. So weird. We'll get the latest from Alex. Gary and Shannon will continue. I felt like hating myself a little bit more than usual, so I went to the well that always provides. The Yelp reviews <laughs> of a radio station. <laughs> they They're are. so good. <laughs> They're so good. All right. Uh, Gary and Shannon. Yep. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. LA County's going to give us uh, the update coming up at the uh, top of the hour. Uh, I was going through the last few days worth of numbers from uh, from LA County via the LA County Public Health website and the news releases that they have put out. And um, we're going to talk about this when, when uh, Dr. Ferrer comes up and gives the daily numbers once again. But in terms of a, 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 I guess, a sliver of good news, we know that the death rate has gone down over the last few days. It was at 52 deaths reported Friday, 48 deaths reported Saturday, and then just 18 deaths reported yesterday, which is great news. And hopefully it's not a, a weird uh, statistical anomaly. And it's actually proof that we are seeing the, the, the death rates go down throughout the county. We are also seeing new numbers that show people are beginning to fly again. Our friend Alex Stone joins us with also, all. Also a pilot. Also, he's not a pilot. <laughs> I wish I was a pilot, he, but, but no. He doesn't pretend like you do. Sorry, uh, that was me. You should mean. see what I do on the weekend. You should see what I'm wearing right now. What are you wearing? <laughs> well, my pilot's uniform, of course. Of course. Uh-huh. Of course. So uh-huh. people are actually getting in airplanes once again. Well, it appears so. Uh, in the, uh, This became something that there was a lot of focus on over the weekend because there was a uh, woman who put up a uh, Twitter video, a video on Twitter, showing a plane that she was on going from an American Airlines flight from JFK to Charlotte, and it was packed. And people were saying, first of all, gross. Some people were wearing masks. Some weren't. It was three and three. It was a full flight. So you had three people and three people sitting next to each other in every row. And there was, you know, no separating of anybody on board that that you could tell. So the question being, are more people getting on planes? And the TSA today is saying, yes, that the numbers had been going lower and lower. And then last week, they saw an increase by about 100,000, 85,000 uh above the week before so people it does appear are beginning to to feel that it's safe to get back on planes and to begin flying again now again you know just like the numbers you guys were just talking about in california is this an anomaly will the numbers bounce around a little bit maybe but it does look like that based on the tsa numbers and what we saw from that woman's video of the full flight the people are beginning to fly again 
I saw a rendering of what it will mean to fly in the future, and it looked like there was uh, three seats on, on a row of three on the on this rendering, and two of those seats on the window and the aisle were facing one way, and the middle seat was facing the other way, and there were like uh, glass or, or plastic per- partitions there in between all of them. Yeah, well, and, and that's just a concept that one company came up with. If the airlines will ever really do that, it would probably be dictated by, do people not fly? Are they okay with what they've got right now? And, you know, that's another aspect of this, that people were too afraid to fly for so long. But you can get such a dirt-cheap airline ticket. You know, we were talking back months ago at the 737 MAX, and would people go on it again? If you give them a $29 ticket to Hawaii, or you tell them that they can go cross-country for 20 bucks. it's amazing how quickly they forget about safety issues or a virus spreading. So some of this may be more on that the, the prices are coming down, and those who aren't so afraid or maybe are but can't uh, pass up a good deal, that they'll throw on uh, an N95 and, and they'll get on board. But, you know, kind of like that, that mock-up that you're talking about, the airlines are trying to come up with what their guidelines are now going to be. So we reached out to American Airlines after the the video went up this weekend to say, this plane is really full. What's the deal with it? And American says it was about 85% full, that 737 going JFK to to Charlotte. And that what they're trying to do, but they can't do it on all flights, is every other 50% of middle seats will be empty on American Airlines. Now, 50% means you have a 50% chance of somebody sitting right smack next to you as you do of having nobody in that middle seat. Uh, United is trying to, they're not guaranteeing it, but they're trying to block out all middle seats uh, and a few others. Delta has said they are blocking out as of right now. We don't know how long that will last, but they're blocking all middle seats. So every airline is kind of doing its own thing. Most of them, except for Delta, are not guaranteed, but they say, They're trying to give you a little bit of space, but if you give them enough money and enough passengers, that begins to kind of fade away when they've got to get those people on board. Uh, But but like you said, there is no mandate uh, that passengers wear masks, but some of the flight attendants, and I understand, I know pilots are as well. Yeah, so there's no rule in the U.S. that you've got to, from what we've seen and what we saw in the video over the weekend, that it was kind of half and half. A lot of people had them on. But not everybody did. Some people were sitting on board the plane talking on their phone, waiting to take off, and they had no mask on. A lot of other people did. Canada does have a rule in place now. It is mandated. If you're flying within Canada, you've got to be wearing some kind of face covering. The U.S. hasn't gone that far, except for uh, some airlines are doing it for flight crews. All of the major airlines are now allowing crews to wear masks if they want to. Only United and JetBlue are telling flight attendants they have to wear masks. They don't have a choice. Delta says it's going to update its rules sometime this week. They may mandate it as well. But right now it's just United and JetBlue saying, if you're working, you've got to have a mask on. For the past six minutes, I've envisioned you sitting there in a pilot's uniform for real. And it's been well, weird. bingo! You got yeah. me right on. That's mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Nine we're... G's, baby. Nine G's. Are you, <laughs> are you wearing the hat or the helmet? <laughs> Uh, you know, we're talking more commercial. Let's go ahead today. Excellent. Good job. Alex Stone, thank you. Bye, guys.
when we come back. L.A. County and the update from Dr. Barbara Ferrer. Remember. Mm, can't wait. It's all about them numbers, baby. Bring me them numbers. <sighs> that was big. That was humongous. What is it, Jay? Oh, my what God, Jay. We'll be back right after this. I always knew Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on that iHeartRadio app. The governor of Texas says that stay-at-home order will expire in three days. He still encouraged people to practice social distancing. Yeah, uh, everybody wear a mask, wear a face covering, whatever you want to call it. Stay away from each other, but, uh, but get on out there. Uh, Dr. Barbara Ferrer, director of L.A. County Public Health, is coming to the podium for today's update. Uh, yesterday, again, the, the death rate was just 18. We'll see how it goes today. Everyone, and thank you so much, Supervisor Barger, and to the entire Board of Supervisors. Uh, we deeply appreciate and need your leadership during these challenging times, and we're grateful for all you're doing for, the, for L.A. County and all of us. Uh, to update you uh, today on our current status, I'm sad to report 29 additional deaths today. 25 of these people uh, who passed away were over the age of 65, and 18 people over the age of 65 who passed away had underlying health conditions. Three people who died are between the ages of 41 and 65, and one of these people had an underlying health condition. I don't have information on the one case that's being reported today by the city of Pasadena. This brings the total number of deaths to 942 people who have passed away in LA County. These numbers represent our family members, friends, neighbors, and essential frontline workers who have died from COVID-19. Please know we share your heartache and we keep you in our thoughts and prayers. 92% of the people who have died from COVID-19 had underlying health conditions. So as a reminder, if you have an underlying health condition, including asthma, COPD, or cancer, please do your very best to stay home, avoid close contact with all others as much as possible, and at the very first sign of illness, contact your healthcare provider. I want to talk for a minute about the data we've been collecting on deaths by race and ethnicity and by community poverty levels. For the 865 people who passed away where race and ethnicity data has been identified, 37% are Latinx, 28% are white, 18% are Asian, 14% are African American, 1% are Native Hawaiian or Pacific Islander, and 1% identified with another race or ethnicity. In order to better understand what these numbers tell us, we create a rate per 100,000 people in each of these groups. This allows us to compare across the population groups. And when we do that, we find that among African Americans, the death rate is 13.2 per 100,000 people. And this is significantly higher than the mortality rate of all other races and ethnicities. For people who identify as Latinx, the death rate is 9.8. For people who are Asian, the death rate is 7.9. And for people who are white, the death rate is 5.7. And when you look at this data by community poverty levels, we see that people who live in areas with high rates of poverty 
had three times the rate of deaths for COVID-19, 16.9 per 100,000 people, when we compare them uh, to people who are living in communities with very low poverty levels, where the death rate was 5.5 per 100,000 people. This data is deeply disturbing, and it speaks to the need for immediate action in communities with disproportionately high rates of death. And this would mean increased testing, better access, better access and connection to healthcare and support services, and more accurate, culturally appropriate information about COVID-19. And we're joining with our partners in the community to make sure this happens. We're also reporting 900 new cases today, and this brings the total number of cases for COVID-19 in LA County to 20,417. These cases include 576 people that were reported by our partners in the city of Long Beach as being positive, and 325 people who were positive for COVID-19 reported by the city of Pasadena. We're reporting 118 confirmed cases amongst people experiencing homelessness. 68 of the people experiencing homelessness with positive COVID-19 tests are residing in shelters and they're appropriately isolated and their close contacts are quarantined. And this is really a primarily a reflection of doing a lot more testing uh, in our shelters. We're now conducting investigations at 12 different shelters and we're identifying both staff and guests that need testing, isolation and quarantine. 4,403 people have at some point in time while they were COVID-19 positive been hospitalized. And this remains at 23% of all positive cases. Currently, there's 1,845 people who are COVID-19 positive who are hospitalized. 28% of these patients are in the ICU and 15% are on ventilators. We're also currently investigating 312 institutional settings with at least one confirmed case of COVID-19. This is 19 additional investigations since we reported on Friday. These include investigations at nursing homes, assisted living facilities, shelters, treatment centers, supportive living, and correctional facilities. And we'll be reporting the total number of confirmed cases in institutional settings later today on our website as we are sorting through some data, some data collection and reporting issues at the moment. I am sad to report that there are 423 residents who lived in institutional settings that died from COVID-19. And this now represents 45% of all of our deaths here in LA County. The majority of these residents did live in our skilled nursing facilities. And I do want to take a moment to note and thank uh, all of the staff that work at these facilities because they're doing their very best under extraordinarily difficult circumstances to care for the residents. And as I mentioned, early on in this pandemic, we were all unaware that COVID-19 could be spread by people who were infected but did not have any symptoms. And this unfortunately has resulted in the spread of the virus, even where everybody has been doing their very best to implement control, infection control measures uh, with the information that we had at the time. So I apologize on behalf of all of us 
uh, for not knowing enough at the start of this uh, epidemic to take additional steps uh, at, in our congregate living facilities to make sure that we were doing everything possible to protect residents and staff. But now that we do know, our strategy is to offer testing to all residents and staff at skilled nursing facilities. And we're working closely with the Department of Health Services to ensure adequate testing kits and capacity for specimen collection at the nursing, at the nursing homes. And I want to say that I'm really grateful to have help from both the governor and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention uh, to ensure the safety of all residents and employees in our nursing homes and our congregate living facilities. We're also reporting 142 confirmed cases at some point in time in our jail facilities. 71 of these cases occurred amongst people who are incarcerated and 71 occurred amongst staff. The sheriff's office is reporting that today at their facilities, there are 40 people who are incarcerated who are positive. 31 people who, were incarcerate, who are incarcerated have recovered and 123 uh, inmates are currently in isolation and 2,563 people who are incarcerated are being quarantined. There's 101 cases in the state prison, 81 among people who are incarcerated and 20 among the staff. And there are 112 cases in the federal prison facilities, 108 among people who are incarcerated and four among staff. And there are still, uh, we're still at 12 people who have been working in the juvenile facilities who are all staff who tested positive. We do post daily information by facility that includes the number of positive and suspect cases, as well as the number of people who have died among residents and staff. And you can see the updated report of all LA County cases on the Department of Health's website at publichealth.lacounty.gov. The LA County Sheriff's Department is reporting 61 positive cases among staff, 250 staff are quarantined, and 754 staff have been able to return to work. The LA County Fire Department is reporting that they have tested 75 employees. They had 22 staff that were, that were tested positive. Uh, two staff are uh, isolated in their homes and uh, many staff have already returned to work. And I wanna thank Sheriff Villanueva and Chief Osby for tracking and reporting this data. There's over 123,737 people who have been tested here in LA County and had their results reported to the Department of Public Health. And 14% of all of the people who have been tested were positive. And I wanna encourage people to continue to get tested uh, if you have symptoms, please note that the test only takes a few minutes and that there are, an, there are appointments available at the regional testing sites. And you can find testing sites and make an appointment online at covid19.lacounty.gov slash testing. Today, I also wanna give you an update on the cases among healthcare workers in LA County, including first responders. The numbers I'm sharing include all healthcare workers who work in LA County, even though they may reside in other jurisdictions. We have a total of 1,968 healthcare workers and first responders that have confirmed cases of COVID-19. 
And this is an additional 527 new cases since the previous week. I want to note that this increase is due in large part to more testing, particularly among staff that are working at skilled nursing facilities, and uh, it's also due to improved reporting. Cases have been identified among 24 different occupational settings, and the vast majority of cases are among healthcare workers from skilled nursing facilities and from hospitals. Uh, skilled nursing facilities have seen a large increase uh, in the number of positive staff, and they now account for 35% of all cases. And this is the same as the percent of positive uh, folks uh, in this sample who were working at hospitals. Again, another 35%. Nurses continue to account for the majority of positive cases, 43%, although cases have been identified across a whole range of occupational roles, including physicians, people working in administration, as well as caregivers, receptionists, patient services, medical assistants, and first responders. For a little over half of the healthcare workers who tested positive for COVID-19, the source of exposure is known, and 75% of healthcare workers with a known exposure were exposed in a healthcare facility. A little less than 8% of healthcare workers have been hospitalized at some point for COVID-19. But I am very sad to report that 11 healthcare workers have passed away since January for COVID-19, and the majority worked in skilled nursing facilities. The first death for a healthcare worker occurred on March 28th, and the most recent death occurred on April 21st. To the families who are mourning their loved ones who have passed away, we very much mourn with you. Your loved ones dedicated themselves to helping others, and in doing so, they saved many lives. And to all the healthcare workers across LA County, we owe you all our deepest appreciation. Every day you put yourselves on the front lines to provide all of us with the best care. You are our heroes. Uh, early uh, this week, uh, either later today or tomorrow, we're launching a new interactive public dashboard for COVID-19 in LA County. This dashboard provides an overview on COVID-19 testing, cases, and deaths. And there are graphs that show daily and cumulative cases and deaths. You can also see graphs showing testing, cases, and death data by community poverty level, age, sex, and race or ethnicity. There are maps that show testing, cases, and deaths by city or community, by health district, and by service planning area. We look forward to sharing this information and hope it provides you with a deeper understanding of how COVID-19 is affecting LA County. And in closing, I wanna thank all of you who continue to stay at home and follow the Safer at Home orders. And I wanna thank all of you who are essential workers and continue to do the work that keeps this county running. This weekend, it felt like summer arrived. And I know it's hard to stay home right now, uh, we all wish that these were normal times and that we could be outside doing all the things we love to do. But these are extraordinary times, and we need to continue to do our part to slow the spread of COVID-19. I owe you all a debt of gratitude for staying the course and for staying home. Getting to the other side of the pandemic without a large surge in cases and deaths requires all of us to continue to follow the Safer at Home directives. But this is temporary, and we're preparing for the relaxing of some of the orders. 
Know, however, that physical distancing and infection control measures in our day-to-day -day lives will need to continue for some time to come. Thanks for all your support to save lives and to protect each other. And now we'll open for questions. And as a reminder, if you do wish to ask a question, please press one, then zero. Our first question will come from the line of Louisa Marshall, NBC4. Please go ahead. Yeah, hi, thanks for taking my question. Um, it's for Dr. Ferrer. Uh, we were on Skid Row again this morning and noticed hundreds and hundreds of people lining up on the sidewalks with literally no social distancing to get food. What, if anything, is the city or county going to do to try to get the homeless to social distance to try to prevent the spread of this virus? And then my second question is about the testing on Skid Row. Again, we just drove past the test site and there was nobody waiting to be tested. What specifically is the county going to do to encourage the homeless to get tested at this time? Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And I appreciate both questions. Um, you know, conditions are really hard for people who are unsheltered uh, in LA County. And, uh, and often the, the, the sort of the message that I, I give to all of us becomes a very hard message for people experiencing homelessness to actually follow because the conditions under which uh, they're, they're living. Um, and, and while um, we all would like to see a lot of social distancing, uh, I think the solutions to the problems around homelessness have been clear uh, for, for a while now. And, uh, and I wanna thank the county uh, for doing all that they can do to help move people who are experiencing homelessness into motels and, to ho and hotels. Uh, we have places particularly for those people who are medically fragile to go now. Uh, there are recreational centers that have been opened by the city that also are a place for uh, people experiencing homelessness uh, to go. And I want to also thank all of our shelter partners who are doing their very best to create spaces and places that are as safe as possible uh, for homeless people to have a shelter. Uh, but it is true that like the rest of us, uh, people experiencing homelessness do need food. Um, and oftentimes it's hard for them uh, to obtain sort of what I call the basic necessities of life. I wanna thank the outreach teams that are out there every day working with people experiencing homelessness. They're really the frontline uh, workers who are trying to make sure that people experiencing homelessness have good information, that they have access to face coverings, that they have access to places to wash their hands, and, uh, and most importantly, access to good information about how to protect themselves for COVID-19. I do note that there has been an issue about people uh, not wanting to get tested. And it's one of the reasons why we're grateful for all the media that helps us really let the public know this is a safe test. Uh, it's important for you to get tested, particularly if you have symptoms. Uh, but our alternate strategy is to be doing a lot more testing at the shelter sites. So as people come into the shelters who are experiencing homelessness, uh, we're trying to make sure that uh, where it's appropriate, we're able to offer uh, testing at those sites. So thank you for those questions and we'll take the next question. That comes from the line of Carla Hall with Los Angeles Times. Please go ahead. Hi, Dr. Ferrer. Um, I'm actually sort of following what the questioner before me asked. Um, the, uh, the county last week administered about 700 tests on Skid Row. I'm wondering if you have any results of those tests and the, have, and have any of them come back positive? And the other thing is, you mentioned that 
there were 12 different shelters, I think, where you're, invest you're investigating. Um, are any of them rec center shelters? Yeah, thank thanks for uh, both questions. So obviously our number um, of people experiencing homelessness that have had a positive test for COVID-19 has gone up. And I would say we're definitely, that includes some of the folks who were unsheltered and are being tested. So I would say that that's uh, definitely reflected in this number. As you know, it takes a few days to get those test results. Um, so we might not have all of the people who were tested uh, test results yet, but we'll continue to report sort of the the total number of people experiencing homelessness who have been tested. And we try to be clear about which of those people uh, are currently sheltered and which of those people or were currently sheltered and which of those people were uh, actually unhoused at the point that they were tested. So that might help figure out a little bit about what's happening in the population that's not currently uh, being sheltered. Um, and we will post, as we always do, the list of all of the sites where we're doing in, uh, institutional investigations uh, later today. Uh, I know that in the past we were at a couple of, of the recreational sites. And as I've said, and I, I've uh, tried to be as honest as possible about this, uh, we will continue to see outbreaks in many of the congregate living sites and among many of the unsheltered uh, people experiencing homelessness. There's a lot of spread right now. We have a lot of cases. And given that some of the spread is happening amongst asymptomatic people, the challenges have grown significantly uh, in using infection control practices uh, as our main sort of way to actually uh, limit the spread. So, but thank you for your questions. Next question. And that will come from the line of Ryan Carter, Los Angeles Daily News. Please go ahead. Uh, hello, thank you very much. Um, I had a question for uh, Supervisor um, Barger. Just on, I know that the uh, the the, uh, the budget, the county's budget, was um, proposed budget was unveiled today, and just was curious if um, you uh, kind of were satisfied with what you were seeing there. Um, I know there's been real concern about um, um, additional dollars coming into the county from the federal government. And I wondered if you could elaborate on what you're hoping to see um, coming. Um, and that's it. Thank you. Well, thank you for that question. Uh, I'm satisfied from the standpoint that we'll be able to close our books uh, and show that we have a balanced budget. But we are facing looming deficits next year. And tomorrow at the board meeting, we're going to go over the budget. And our CEO is going to talk about how she was able to close the budget this year and, and um, plug the gap uh, that was created because of COVID-19, but also look into the upcoming year. And one of the things we're going to look at is where we are going to need federal support as it relates to um, uh, Financial Care Act money moving forward. And so we're going to have that debate. So obviously I'm disappointed because uh, we had a rainy day fund, which we practically had to use all of it in order to plug the gap, which, which is what it was for, quite frankly. But at the same time, um, we have to recognize that this uh, next year is going to be a challenge for us unless we can identify additional uh, revenue from either the state or the federal government. I know the state's working as well with the federal government. So tomorrow's going to be a good, robust discussion with my colleagues about moving forward what we do. We've got a hiring freeze on right now, and, um, and that's a hard hiring freeze across the board. Um, we're looking at uh, all budgets uh, to make sure that the departments recognize that um, this fiscal year they're going to they're be able to close the books, but next year we all, including the Board of Supervisors, are going to have to look at what cuts 
may need to be made as it relates to whether it be a 10, uh, 15 or 20 percent cut in our budget. Uh, so that's going to be a good discussion for the board to have tomorrow and it's going to begin the dialogue. So thank you for that question, Ryan. Next question. Comes from the line of Jim Rook with Westwood One News. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Thank you very much. Good afternoon. Uh, I was wondering, and, and maybe both uh, Supervisor Barger and uh, Dr. Ferrer could maybe answer this question, but it seems as though some of the issues with the institutional settings, nursing homes, long care facilities, seems to be in the comings and goings of the LVNs that work there. A number of LVNs work at a number of places. A lot of places will not hire LVNs full-time and give them benefits, so to make an income, to make a career, many of them have to work in a few different places. So it seems a little, I don't know, disconnected to prohibit families from visiting their loved ones in these facilities, yet allow LVNs to come and go, maybe from different facilities, maybe even from a hospital, two or three of those. It just doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense for that. Do you envision a revamping of this institutional institution um, to maybe require uh, more of a signing to patients and the hiring full-time of LVNs as opposed to allowing this to happen because, because this seems to be a lot of how the spread may be occurring. So I'm going to let Dr. Ferrer answer um, part of that question, but I will say that that is why I'm working with Dr. Galley, who's here as well, um, to address the asymptomatic uh, component of testing and recognize that the LVNs are a vital component to operating these uh, skilled nursing facilities. We need to get the testing out there and we need to get out there as soon as possible uh, because they are coming in and out and taking care of those residents. As you know, in Pasadena, they had to call in the uh, California National Guard to uh, help support um, because they were having a difficult time uh, getting people to come in and work there. So we are sensitive to the fact that um, the, the line workers need to be tested first and foremost. As it relates to family members that are coming in, again, the workers are coming in to work. Family members, I understand the frustration with not being able to see your loved one, but it's being done as much to protect you as it is to protect your loved one. But I'll let Dr. Ferrar answer the second part of that question. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much. And and again, you know, I, I think unfortunately part of the the tragedy of the pandemic is it really exposes uh, some of the cracks that we have and and sort of how we have configured care for really our most vulnerable elderly people, people with underlying health conditions. Um, and I think you're right to note that for some of the LVNs, uh, they weren't getting a full shift. Uh, we did write in the health officer order. Uh, a suggestion uh, that, in fact, um, nursing homes look to um, trying to keep as many of their uh, staff employees as possible by offering multiple shifts to their existing employees uh, so that we would have less of the need for folks to be working in, just like you noted, two, three, four different facilities in order to get enough shifts to make a, a decent living. Uh, I do want to say, though, that, that Supervisor Barger is right, uh, that the immediate task before us is to make sure that everybody who's working in the nursing homes has access to testing. And then we're also uh, making sure that everybody who works in the nursing homes has access to the appropriate personal protection equipment. I think when we do both of those steps for the near future, we'll be able to uh, really hopefully 
uh, eliminate the rapid spread uh, that's been happening uh, in our facilities. But I appreciate your question. And also appreciate, like the supervisor noted, the heartache amongst family members who are not allowed uh, to visit at this point in time. I hope that people are finding other ways to stay connected with their loved ones. We'll take the next question. And that will come from the line of Claudia Pesciuta with KNX News Radio. Please go ahead. Hey, as usual, I have a few questions. So, uh, Barbara, I'm wondering if, given everything that you know at this point, uh, do you think that people should be housed in motel or hotel rooms rather than rec centers or other shelters where many people, while separated, are sharing one large space, bathrooms, and other facilities? Number two, um, do you have more details on testing plans for skilled nursing and other long-term care facilities? Will it be offered monthly? How many people are we potentially talking about? And is there the capacity to do that? And if not, at what point might we have that capacity? Third question, given uh, the questions that are being raised about the six-foot distancing, do you think it's time to reevaluate that? Thank you. So I'm going to let Dr. Galley address the testing component questions that you had, and then Dr. Ferrer can follow up, or if Dr. Galley can answer both, that'd be great. Hi, so I'll address your questions on the plans for testing capacity in the SNF. It's a great question. Uh, so the first priority is obviously to test uh, in outbreak facilities. So that would include testing both the individuals who have symptoms, as well as all of the staff and residents in those sites who may not be symptomatic. We need to make sure that they haven't been exposed and aren't asymptomatic carriers of the virus. Uh, that would include surveillance testing for a period of time. Uh, probably on a weekly basis, though that remains to be determined until the outbreak is deemed to be closed uh, and over. Uh, the second priority is to start surveillance testing of SNFs that don't have an active outbreak. Uh, so again, the exact frequency of that at an optimal rate might be weekly, but it will be depend in part on the availability of the supply chain to provide adequate number of test kits to move in that direction. I'll turn it over to Dr. Ferrer for the next for the next part of this question. Yeah, thanks, Claudia. Uh, I, I appreciate the question on shelters, and, and I know that there's a very smart people who who look at this issue uh, somewhat differently. I think from our perspective. We need to have multiple strategies uh, for making sure that people who are experiencing homelessness have the services and support that they need. Obviously, for those who are most, medi who are most medically fragile, hotels and motels make the most sense, where they'll have the least exposure uh, to other people and can really, frankly, quarantine themselves uh, during the pandemic. Um, I think uh, for others who are currently living uh, in encampments or, or uh, in uh, tents uh, on our streets, um, if they want to come in and uh, have a place where they have social support, where they have easier access to medical services, healthcare services, uh, where they have access every day to uh, food and to bathrooms, uh, the recreational centers that have opened are essential. Uh, and I would never want to choose for a person experiencing homelessness uh, whether or not uh, they need to be on the streets or in a place that has services. I think that's a choice that we're offering uh, for people who are experiencing uh, homelessness. 
I, for one, think it's the right thing to do. I think we can work in our shelter settings to make them as safe as we possibly can, knowing that there's risk everywhere for spread of COVID-19. But in addition to the risks for COVID-19, the risks to living unsheltered uh, are, are, uh, are also significant. Um, there are risks to people's health. There's risk for other infections. Uh, there's risk for violence. So I appreciate that this county has done everything they can to offer more alternatives now during the pandemic, recognizing that there are many homeless people that need basic services uh, during the pandemic, and the shelters are, in fact, a, a place where they can uh, get many of those services. So uh, th thanks for that question. I'll, I'll also talk about, uh, you know, should we be reevaluating the six-foot uh, distancing requirement? Uh, we are looking at the new information that comes out um, and uh, also looking at information from other countries about what they've experienced on distancing. And at the point that we feel like there's enough evidence, which we don't think there is right now, uh, to change the directives on, uh, on how much distancing is needed, we'll be sure to communicate that. But we, like all the public health experts, learning a lot every day, paying a lot of attention to what research is telling us. I think right now what we know for sure is you need to be at least six feet apart, and that if you're out and about and you're gonna be in contact with other people, you need to be using that cloth face covering. Uh, thanks a lot, and we have time for one more question. That'll come from the line of Dave Lopez, Channel 2 News, please go ahead. Yes, good afternoon uh, to all of you. Doctor, uh, there's reports that Northern California counties, including Santa Clara, San Francisco, uh, we'll make a decision either today or tomorrow to extend their uh, strict orders through uh, through the month of May. Based on the numbers that you're reporting now, is there anything in those numbers that would indicate the same thing will happen here in Southern California? Thanks, Dave. Um, and I appreciate that every county is looking at all of their numbers every day to try to figure out uh, what makes most sense. I think we all have the same goal of making sure that people are as safe as possible during the pandemic and that we don't relax um, the physical distancing uh, requirements and the infection control requirements too quickly, uh, which would allow us then to experience a surge in uh, our capacity for managing people who may become sick uh, because they're infected with COVID-19. At this point in time, I wanna thank everybody uh, in LA County. People are doing an extraordinarily good job at uh, following the directives and the safer at home orders. I appreciate that all the people who did not go to our beaches uh, this weekend. I think uh, we, we are hopeful uh, that as we get into the middle of May, our numbers will uh, actually start decreasing and then we can look at what makes sense uh, for LA County. But we are gonna be driven by our experiences, what our numbers are showing us, what the research is showing us, and most importantly, increasing our capacity to test, uh, to be able to identify people who are positive, get them treatment and isolation, and then do contact tracing uh, for all of their close contacts. And uh, I think as we put those systems in place, uh, we have a good chance of being able, at the point we can relax, 
uh, some of the uh, restrictions that are in the Safer at Home order to do so in a way that's safe for all of us. And now I'm going to turn it over to Jackie Valenzuela to do remarks in Spanish. Thank you very much. Dr. Barbara Ferrer, their uh, LA County Public Health Director with the latest numbers uh, coming out of Los Angeles County in terms of uh, coronavirus. 29 new deaths reported, which was a jump back up from yesterday. I mentioned that uh, yesterday they reported 18 deaths. 900 new cases, uh, so we're at 20,417 positive tests in uh, Los Angeles County. Uh, the, there's, a, there's a problem, and, and unfortunately it's becoming a flaw in the way that these numbers are being reported by the county. And she is refer, she being Dr. Frere, is referring to the rapid spread. She used that term a couple of times, uh, rapid spread in the un sheltered urban campers or whatever term she's been using for homeless people and the rapid spread among uh, people living in congregate living facilities, blah, 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 nursing homes and convalescent hospitals, that, that type of a facility. But the, the thing is, we're not, we don't know how this thing is spreading because we don't have testing for everyone. And we simply don't, we don't know who's getting it and who's not. We're testing the people who have symptoms. Well, and- the, the death rate being three times higher for people living in poverty is pretty. Uh, it's not surprising because no. when people are living in poverty, they're living on top of each other, like the way they're living in New York all the time, poverty or not. Yeah. Um, and that's what's going to spread any sort of virus more quickly. It's the There's a weird thing. Uh I mean, there are things that are questionable about this that that are somewhat surprising. And I think one of them was the the issue that more men were dying than women were dying. Well, in, are there more in general, men in here. L.A. County that are in poverty? Well, I would assume so. Yeah, yeah. me too. And the other the the not surprising thing is when she's talking about, like you said, poverty, the socioeconomic levels, uh, it impacts poor people more. Yes. It, and and that it would go after specific um, or it has a a higher fatality rate in certain ethnicities than it does others. And it's part of it is uh, attributable to the fact that there are, you know, whether it's social, socioeconomic or ethnic, there have long been discrepancies in the, the quality of health care that certain ethnicities get that they receive because maybe because social socioeconomic because they're in poverty yes. because they're in poverty because yeah. of where they are and where they live. Those things are not surprising. They suck uh, they yeah. suck, yeah. but but they're not surprising, and that's one of the things we need to learn from this. And it was a little bit off-putting that she seemed to be surprised by this. I mean, you should know, uh, shouldn't all the uh, the health officials know which communities will be harder hit than others? And then what steps did we put in place to mitigate that? Right. And I just feel like the ball got rolling way too late when it comes to the homeless population and to the underserved communities. But... What the hell do I know? I'm not a, a public health expert. It just seems like that shouldn't be a surprise. There have been 551,000 551, tests performed in the state of California, according to what the governor said earlier today. 551,000 tests. And we're still getting, you know, around 12, 15 percent positives. Uh, on those numbers, when you go down per county and when you look at it uh, wider from a state level. Uh, but again, the 92 percent of people who have died, this is Dr. Ferrer's numbers, 92 percent of people who have died had what they consider underlying health conditions. 
And based on what I've been able to see through L.A. County and the public health department, they do not count age as an underlying health condition. So if you're 97 years old and you are lucky enough to not have an underlying health condition, but you still get this thing, they consider you a healthy person who dies from this. It's pretty rare to make it to 97 without having an underlying health condition. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm more concerned about like the 65 range. You know, yeah. 65 to 70. All right, let's take a break. Come back and clean this all up. <laughs> Gary and Shannon will continue. Hey, I feel ain't nothing I felt before. I way I feel I'll keep it under my control. I forget about you in the morning. I'll sleep you up and wake with my mind at ease. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on that iHeartRadio app. Well, it looked like Wall Street didn't have a terrible day. Stocks rallied worldwide today as governments begin to have the conversation and they prepare to gradually lift restrictions. The S&P 500 rose 1.5%. This, uh, this week, several major central banks will meet, including the Bank of Japan, which just announced its latest stimulus measures to prop up its markets. Uh, Apple and Microsoft are scheduled to report this week how much they made in the first three months of 2020. <laughs> I, I hope it's just the first three months because it's not going to look good after that. Uh, we listened in on Dr. Barbara Ferrer giving us the update for Los Angeles County. Uh, the deaths uh, for L.A. County actually jumped back up. 29 reported deaths today. So our total deaths in L.A. County is uh, 942 from coronavirus. It's actually below what would have been a three-day average. You know, over the course of the last few days, we've averaged somewhere between 3940 deaths per day. And uh, it's good news that we've seen it go back down from the 50s and 60s that we were seeing last week for the most part. Uh, also, the, the number of reported cases... Uh, did bounce back up again but and was slightly above average, but she did attribute that to vast jumps being made when it comes to uh, more and more testing. Uh, remember, the Safer at Home order for the county and for the city rely on a couple of uh, criteria that they have pointed out. There were four criteria that they mentioned last week, and they, Catherine Barger today at the beginning of the news conference was was reiterating some of them. One of them is that we ensure that hospitals and primary care and specialty services have the capacity to care for people who are sick and those who need simple routine health care that so many people have been ignoring lately. So, so far that has been met, has it not? Yeah. I mean, and, and, the hospitals are said to be empty. Well, the... The, you know, international, whatever it was, the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation, that one at University of Washington that, that we had looked at so many times, they've used hospital uh, resource as one of the deciding or one of the things that they've been trying to project. And in California, we never, we never threatened to max out our hospitals, even though that was a gigantic concern. Well, and, look and at it, what they did with the convention center and bring in the center, ship over, the, ship, uh, the, the, the tents that are, you know, that have been par- uh, propped up in so many hospital parking lots to handle overflows. In terms of, you know, there's 26,000 beds available throughout the state of California, 26 and change. 
And we've, as of right now, we have about 2,500 beds. So we, I mean, 10% of our capacity. Now, ICUs are a little bit more specific and, and problematic, but at the highest, at the, at the peak of, of people in intensive care units, we maybe had about 25% of those beds filled. What's the next thing? Uh, the second thing, uh, to make sure the protection of vulnerable populations, the elderly, underlying health conditions, uh, institutional set- settings, people experiencing urban home homestead, whatever the stupid word is they keep using, and then making sure that there are enough trained staff and protective cr- uh, equipment to properly and appropriately manage care at those institutional settings. That is... That, to me, is one of those uh, issues that you're going to have a hard time quantifying. Exactly, because how do you know who's dealing with an underlying health issue and what their activity level is? How are you going to be able to control that? That's, to me, one of those things that if you're telling people now, you're asking people to socially distance and and be responsible about it, that, to me, is the bigger issue that— that you then do that evaluation of yourself, your family, your friends, your neighbors, and try to figure out who it is that is most at risk and then and protect them and do things for them so that they don't they're not exposed to, you know, multiple contacts with multiple people. Um, they have to ensure a capacity for testing. This is the third thing. Testing, isolating and quarantining individuals and for surveillance to prevent the spread of infection. Also great, important, smart, but what does that mean? Do you have a number on how many people you'd like to test? Do you have a percentage of the population that you think needs to be tested? I think that that's what they need to crunch because, again, very vague and very hard to quantify. And then the fourth thing, to ensure capacity to maintain maximum physical distancing and infection control at all spaces and places where people interact with each other outside of their home. You've seen this. I was at uh, I was at Lowe's on Saturday. Oh, what did you build? Uh, I got pipe straps, pipe clamp, pipe strap, pipe clamp, pipe strap. Anyway, I'm putting together a poker table. It's not important. It was an essential thing for me. Okay, I felt like I had to get out, and that was a place for me to go. But you can't go into the store without a mask on. There's signs. You once you're in the store. You can, I mean, there are spaces blocked out six feet apart where if you're going to stand in line for a check stand, you have to stand in those lines. Every store is going to be like that. They're going to limit the number of people that can go into those places. That every building, every restaurant, every clothing store, whatever, they're willing and able to do that. But that's not okay i guess uh, i don't know the the seems to me the only thing that they have not put an actual hard number on is how many tests they want to do or feel like they should do their percentage of the population yes let give us a goal give us a goal to reach and we'll reach it but it's got to be more specific than than the the making sure that you ensure that hospitals or ensure protections or ensure capacity that's a that's not a strong enough, specific enough goal for us to try to achieve. All right. We will see you tomorrow. John and Ken show coming up next. Stay dry, everybody. Blessings. Well, goodbye. And don't think it hasn't been a little slice of heaven because it hasn't. Gary and Shannon. 
Farmers and Distillers Dining Room and Patio are now open and accepting reservations. They're following all the government guidelines so you can choose to dine out safely or if you want to stay in, they've got you covered. You can order for curbside pickup or delivery online at FarmersAndDistillers.com. They're also still offering a robust one-stop shop founding farmers market and grocery for all your daily grocery needs. Offerings include fresh produce, a prepared foods market, full bakery, butcher and deli, house-churned ice cream, house-roasted coffee, wine, beer and more. Visit FoundingFarmersMarket.com to order. Same-day delivery available.